Hello and welcome to the Ham Radio Crash Course Podcast. My name is Josh, amateur radio call sign KI6NAZ. And I'm Leah, KN6NWZ. And we like to talk about ham radio and lots of other things. So let's get started, shall we? Hello. Hello. Leah. Hi. How have uh, have you been since last week? I guess we should cheers to. Cheers. Cheers, cheers to champagne in coops. Well, Sh- champagne to my real friends. <laughs> Leia was trying to uh, re- retell that particular quote to me, and it. And was then I take the amazing. bottle and hurt. <laughs> and then I give pain with the bottle to the bad people. Yeah. It's champagne for my real friends. Real pain for my sham friends. Yeah, that's yeah, the that's, that's it. It's great. So everybody literally has an that album for New Year's. Literally you know? an album title. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So how was how was Christmas for you? It was great. Uh, my my mom uh, got COVID. Mom got COVID, so we didn't see her for Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. Well, I went to my family get together for about half an hour, and then uh, came home to spend the rest of the night on. FaceTime with my mom. Not physically saw her, but yeah. Yeah. On uh, Christmas Eve, then got up. Yeah. Christmas Day hosted brunch. Uh Uh-huh. That was nice. Got a killer nap in. Discovered that if you get a good enough nap in Mm -hmm. in the middle of the day, it's like one day becomes two days. Oh, my God. It's amazing. And so we wrapped up Christmas. Everybody was playing with their toys Mm -hmm. on Monday. Mm -hmm. And my dad was chasing the kids around. And ate it. Fell, fell in the street. Fell in the street. He comes in holding his arm and he's he's hurt. You can yes. tell. My dad's my dad was like an airplane mechanic from the Vietnam War up through, you know, when he retired like ten years ago. And you could tell he was actually in pain. I'm like, oh man. Uh so we ended up going to the VA hospital yeah. at about six PM that night. Turns out he had oh. a fracture on the upper side of his left humerus. It's not good. Not good. Not a good scene. And so being the VA, they're like, well, let's throw him in a splint and we'll talk to you in five days. So that's where we're at right now. We're on day four. We're on day four of five. So we'll find out tomorrow uh, the thrilling next phase of this whole saga because... So he has extended his stay? He he is... Yes. Right. We have turned into the extended stay. Yes. Because uh, we want him to stay until... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, Because he lives in Big Bear. Yeah. And Big Bear is snowing. Right. Yeah. And it's at sixty four hundred. He's left handed too. He's left handed. Yeah. yeah. So he's he's gonna be hanging out for a while. Yeah. Which is which is fine for us. But um we probably not know. great for him. No. <laughs> we just wanna know what the next thing is. Is it gonna be a cast or is it gonna be a surgery? So tune in, for, yeah. tune in for the thrilling update on that. But yeah, everybody, thanks for uh clicking on the Hammer Radio Crash Course podcast. We appreciate you taking some time out of your busy schedule to listen to us blather on about all kinds of things ham radio related. And speaking of ham radio related, we like to kick the podcast off with the ham radio minute. You need to rename this because it's never a minute. <laughs> nope. Uh, this week it's buy old radios. They're great. Buy old radios. And it's going to tie into the show topic real quick here. But, uh, you know, I, I've been a ham long enough where I started where I didn't have a lot of money. Right. I was a much younger person. I didn't have really disposable income that I could just throw around and, and buy the latest greatest. So I, I didn't have many radios. I just had, you know, a couple of radios that I cherished, like the Yesu FT sixty. But now that I'm older, 
and I have a bit more discretionary funds. There are radios I remember seeing that I really wanted at the time that I, I couldn't I couldn't just justify. But now that they're used, and oftentimes you see them at Hamfests, there's actually a, a quite a decent number of radios that still hold their own, mm. even when looking back 20 plus years, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about one specifically at the end of this podcast. Big news. Big news, everybody. Well, I, I just realized that we missed a golden opportunity to properly name the HRCC buy, sell, trade. Mm-hmm. We should have called it the Ham Radio Cash Course <laughs> BST. That's But yes, we have a swap on both the um, Discord Mm -hmm. and on Facebook. There's no fees associated with them, but that obviously buy at your own risk, right? Mm -hmm. There are a number of items that are up for sale right now. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you, I want to try this out. Mm. I'm going to tell you an item and you tell me how much you thought it should be priced. Okay. And I'll tell oh, you how this. much how much it, new, the new, person listed. New segment, for. I guess. We're, we're yeah. Well, you're talking about buying old radios, Right, right. I'm not right? saying it's going to be a forever yeah. segment, mm-hmm. but it's, it's new okay. right now. Barely used PowerWorks SS30 DV power supply. Uh, briefly used for 2 meter, 70 centimeter radio. Is that shipped price you're looking for? Ships an original packaging. No. Sh- ships for thirteen fifty. So what I the price without shipping? Oh, thirteen fifty is the ship price. That's how much it costs for shipping on this item. So I don't want you to roll that into. Well, that, was, that was my question. Yeah. Is this a, is this a thirty amp power supply? I think it is. Mm. I'm going to go with the assumption it is. I will guess that it is uh, between ninety yes. and one hundred dollars. One hundred dollars. There you go. All right. And that's, uh, I think that goes for 135 to like 150 that power supply in the retail market. Okay. Uh, barely used X6100. Okay. Bought for POTA, but prefers the 891. $500. Solid. That's what it's. That's what it's I didn't for. look at these. These are all. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, that's a battery. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Yesu FT897, great condition. 897. Mm-hmm. This is going to be tough. Okay. Uh, minor scratches on the case. Uh-huh. Does not have any of the common screen issues. Okay. All bands and modes function as they should with full power output. Okay. This one could be difficult. Mm. I'm going to say $750. $650. Ooh, That's a steal. That is a steal. Yeah, I, there you, you go. You shouldn't have told me that, Leah. Yeah, you need to get it. I don't like this segment. Let's go on to something else. <laughs> you should not have told me about that, Leah. All right. Well, we're done with this segment. <laughs> that was Leah, a mistake. Would you like to test? <laughs> Anything to get out of this. <laughs> so that 857 I bought, which is the, the portable brother to the 897, mm-hmm. was $750. Oh. So that's like $100 saving. Wow. But you've already bought the other one. It's a hundred dollar saving. No, but you already bought the other one, so there's no savings listen, at all. Listen, it's called spaving. No, we have no, to spend it's the money to save the money. No, it's not. If you save, see, you save a hundred dollars in your mind if you buy it, but you mm-hmm. could save six hundred and fifty dollars if you don't buy it. <laughs> Do you see how you didn't need to spend to save no, more money? I don't. <laughs> I don't see it. <laughs> No, I'm probably not going to buy that radio. 
I have no interest in that. Well, I have interest in all radios, but I have lower interest in that radio, particularly because I have an 857, which is the generally the more sought after. Mm. The 897 is like a tactical lunchbox. Mm. It's got a carry handle on the side, and there's a battery that like sockets onto the side of it. I like it. So it's it, it's got – you would like the looks of that radio, I feel, mm. personally. Is there a picture? Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe take a look uh, after you. Leah, would you like to take a test? Sure. I'm on question 12 of 35. 12 of 35. Of my general studies. Studying for the general. And studying, I mean very loosely as a term. Like right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is a use for an antenna analyzer other than measuring the SWR of an antenna system? Mm. A, measuring the turns ratio of a power transformer. B, determining the impedance of a coaxial cable. C, measuring the front-to-back ratio of an antenna. D, determining the gain of a directional antenna. Oh, there is definitely only one answer to this. <laughs> okay. Mm. Mm. Mm, I got it wrong. It's determining the impedance yes. of a coaxial cable. Yes. I should have known that, actually. Yeah. You have mm -hmm. to do math to do front-to-back yeah. ratio, and among other things. The next question reads, what is the purpose of an electronic keyer? Ah. A, automatic generation of strings of dots and dashes for CW operation. B, automatic transmit receive switching. C, Vox operation. D, computer interface for PSK and RIDI operation. Mm, okay. <clears throat> Ooh. <laughs> it's A. <laughs> I didn't know it automatically generated strings of dots and dashes for CW operation. When we get to the physical mail, we will be talking about that. To a degree. Okay. Very important. Now. Oh, for two. <laughs> like a straight key, you know, yeah. like a traditional burp, 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 burp. Mm -hmm. You're controlling the dits and daws by the. I'm offended. <laughs> you're controlling the dits and daws by how long you hold the the circuit closed, mm -hmm. right? The switch. It's, a, yeah. it's just a switch. Well, if you have a paddle, like mm -hmm. a left right paddle, mm -hmm. it doesn't work that way. You set it to a key speed. And if you hit the right, it's a DAW. And if you hit the left, it's a DAW. Oh. So it's not a you're in control of the circuit kind mm. of thing. Yeah. All right. The next question reads, when is an amateur station allowed to use any means at its disposal <clears throat> to assist another station in distress? Mm -hmm. A, at any time during an actual emergency. B, only on authorized HF frequency. C, at any time when transmitting in an organized net. D, only when transmitting in races. And obviously, it's at any time during an actual emergency. Correct. Who or what determines good engineering and good amateur practice as applied to the operation of an amateur station in all respects not covered by the Part 97 rules? A, the control operator. B, the FCC. C, the ITU, or D, the IEEE? Uh, the IEEE, <clears throat> interesting. Hmm, okay. But it's not covered in the Part 97 rules. Oh, the answer is easy, Leah. It's 
the FCC? Why isn't it the control operator? Why can't the control operator determine? It's not It's not a part of Part 97. Right. So it's the FCC. It's dumb. Government agencies. Meaning all the, other, all the other type acceptances, all the other rules and requirements, that's controlled by the FCC. They're Go- not doing so hot on this. Government trying to tell me what to do with my cb radio <laughs> it's, it's it's my future children if i want to put fifty thousand watts into my chevy suburban <laughs> which of the following is a disadvantage of the multi-band antennas mm. a they must be used with an antenna tuner b they must be fed with open wire line c they have poor harmonic rejection or d they present low impedance on all design frequencies huh I, interesting. Um, the answer is they have poor harmonic rejection. Interesting. Okay. I thought something else about a tuner, but it not, is poor harmonic rejection. Not required. So an NFED right. half wave is a multiband antenna. Mm-hmm. No tuner required. All right. Yeah. Which of the following describes an azimuthal projection map? Mm. A, a map that shows the number of degrees longitude that an amateur satellite appears to move westward at the equator with each orbit. B, a map that shows true bearings and distances from a particular location. C, a map that shows accurate land masses. Or D, a map that shows the angle at which an amateur satellite crosses the equator. Why don't you take a sip of water? I don't know what's going on. You started coughing. Go ahead. <laughs> and then you tell us what you think. No, I said it wrong. You got it wrong? Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Is that four or five? I only got one right today. Oh, no. Uh, so an azimuthal map mm-hmm. is actually really cool. So you can go to a website. If you just search like azimuth map mm-hmm. amateur radio, mm-hmm. you can type in your zip code mm-hmm. and it'll generate a, a map for you. And what the map looks like, it's a big circle, right, mm-hmm. of the globe. You are in the middle, mm. your physical location in the middle. And then it gives you basically bearings 0 through 360 on the outer edge. So all the other continents that you may have to point an antenna at then become part of that 360-degree circle. Mm. So often when you think you're pointing at, say, Japan or Australia – you're probably not because you think, oh, it's due west to Japan, right? Not really. It's actually further north than we are at when you express it appropriately on an azimuth mm. map, right? And um, Australia is much further south than we generally assume. Actually, mm, southeast-ish. But anyway, you, you get the idea. So it's a map that shows true bearings and distances from a particular location. And that particular location is generally your ham shack. Mm. That's why you'd want one. All right. It's been a fun ride for me. Well, um, truly. Oh, I'm glad you're having fun uh-huh. missing all those. Sorry about that. Okay. All right. Well, hey, if you want to study along with Leia or encourage her to study along by just, you studying. Or and, you just study. Or you just study. <laughs> Don't tie any of this to me. <laughs> consider checking out hamstudy.org, which is the app free website that Leia is using right now. You make an account and you can have practice tests, right? And those practice tests then show a record as you move along. And the Mm -hmm. software is smart enough that it will give you more of the questions you're bad at in the subsections within the test that you're having issues with. I am not affiliated with hamstudy.org, but 
I am an affiliate, and this came later after my many years of using the Signal Stuff Signal Stick, which is owned and operated by the same people that run hamstudy.org, and every sale of the Signal Sticks actually go to support hamstudy.org. So if you're interested in a good HT antenna, there will be a link in the show notes for the Signal Stuff Signal Stick. Or you can consider getting yourself the Gordon West books. We love Gordon West, obviously, but I used his books before I really even knew the man on a personal level. And they're available on Amazon. Technician, General, and Extra are all there for you that study best in print form. That's available. And you have the fast track to your ham radio license books that are on Audible for those of you that prefer an audiobook or learn better if somebody's just talking at you lecture style. Now, we... I should say we, I used the audiobooks from the Fast Track series to get my extra. I found it to be one of the best additional study aids on top of whatever I was already doing with hamstudy.org and kind of just my own little pursuits in ham radio. These are available on Audible, and if you use our link in the show notes, you'll get one book free if you've never used Audible before. The cool thing about Audible, once you buy a book, even if it's that free book, it's yours forever, even if you decide not to keep the whole thing going. But at the same time, Audible is pretty cool, and there's a lot of books out there. All right. All righty. So join the conversation by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts for the Ham Radio Crash Course Podcast or emailing us at leah at hamtactical.com. Leaving a review wherever you listen to the podcast will help more hams find the Ham Radio Crash Course and the Ham Curious, and we appreciate it. We really do. We have two reviews. <gasps> Merry two, Christmas. Two reviews. Happy holidays. I lost them somewhere. KI5YHI gives us a four-star review. Oh. Fun podcast for someone who prefers live streams. I've watched the Ham Radio Crash Course streams for a while, and one of the reasons I got my tech, but this podcast is great for me because it's very entertaining and it's informational. One star taken for the lack of memes. Oh. What? So, <laughs> this is an audio medium. <laughs> new segment. I read memes to you. <laughs> no images. I just describe to the best of my ability the memes that I'm looking at. Uh, if you're curious for ham radio memes, if you, if you just can't get enough of the weekly memes that I post... <laughs> Join our Discord and go to hashtag ham memes. There's a whole chat room just for ham radio memes, and we've been doing it for years, and there's a lot of absolute uh, pieces of meme gold in there. So get in there if you're curious for that. Well, thank you very much. We appreciate the Thank uh, you the for the review. But uh, would podcasts, really appreciate another yep, star. Though. Podcasts are a little bit different. Um, it's five stars or nothing. <laughs> so you just want to go back in there. It's a funny joke. <laughs> now give us that last start. Yeah. Just go back in there. <laughs> this is from KE0VI Mike. That's like when somebody puts like a Russell Stover's chocolate in your stocking. <laughs> you know? Like, but the sugar-free one. <laughs> is that a thing? Yes. Russell Stover's sugar-free? Yeah. Oh, no. It's not good for your digestive system. <laughs> that was like, remember... um Remember those sugar-free gummy bears? Oh, yeah. The Amazon reviews <laughs> to the sugar-free gummy bears? Because apparently it just it just cleans you out. Yeah. Like real big time. So like, they rebranded as a as a supplement. Uh, yeah. A dietary <laughs> supplement. It was like the Olean of, of gummy bears. 
is oh, basically. do you remember Olean? Oh, I remember Olean. How long were those on the shelves before, like? People were like, we got to we gotta, we gotta pull this. This. Yeah. this is not okay. So they write a fantastic ham radio hangout. It's like going out on Friday with your workmates after a long week. Oh. Sure, you may talk some shop, but often you'll want to talk about anything but work. Of course, there's ham radio related content in a ham radio podcast, but co-hosts. I think this is actually an old one. Did I miss this? I'm going to skip it. Um, and Josh and Leah have no problem taking listeners on extremely entertaining tangents. In fact, those are frequently the best parts of the podcast. If you are new to ham radio or just ham curious, this is a place for you. You'll learn about all aspects of the hobby, and you'll learn about your fellow hams. As much of the content is listener-driven and is a lot of fun along the way. Yeah, matriculate, appreciate, participate. Yeah, so how did oh, we get... thank you. I read that one, but... Oh, wow. That's Every time, I'm always just shocked by um, how the iTunes podcast does things, because the KI5YHI appeared second against the KE0VI Mike's review, and the dates are vastly different. And it's, anyway. Thanks, Apple Podcast. Always making this easy for us. I really do appreciate it. Thank you so much for the reviews. Yeah, thank you all for sending in your reviews. We really do Makes my heart that. warm. Indeed. My cold heart. Are you ready? You don't have a cold heart. Are you ready? I do. Are you ready? Yours is Are you ready? tepid to lose. Into the unknown I will go. <laughs> For I shall fear no man of peace, one foot after the other, for I am prepared to survive. I'm not allergic to bees. Still don't know. Still don't know. You don't. I don't know. Oh, okay. All right. This week's uh, preparedness topic comes from user the Terry D on r slash preppers. Okay. What are your routines to maintain daily preparedness? Okay. So this isn't so much for full, you know, SHTF planning, but what routines have you established to keep your life running smooth and have a bit of a safety net day to day? We keep two five-gallon gas cans with non-ethanol gas treated with stable. We use... From one in the mowers and the ATVs, once it's empty, we fill it and use the other. This helps us keep at least five gallons of fresh non-ethanol gas on hand. Mm -hmm. That's pretty smart. I was doing this, but then I started driving the EV. Mm-hmm. And once I started driving the EV, I, I have... You could fill my car, though. You see, that's... A... No, so the way... You... Well, that's the problem, right? Is then I have to go to the gas station and fill it up, right? Fill up the can. Because what you do generally is... You so stable. That's kind of a intern, you know, internal prepper word. A lot of people know what it is, but it's a fuel stabilizer. Mm-hmm. It just allows the fuel to be left for longer, right? Sure. So you get yourself first thing. First thing you do is you get yourself some proper jerry cans. If you live in states that have weird environmental rules when it comes to gas cans, mm-hmm. like California, you got to get around that. You got to go get yourself some proper fully airtight sealing jerry cans okay okay and you got to fill those things up to basically there is no oxygen in that sucker and then you wrench it off and you're good for a while now five months is the upper limit what's stable five to six is what the upper limit is for stable they generally say Mm -hmm. but what i like to do is i like to start splashing four month old gas into a gas tank 
okay. and use it in part of the regular fresh gas. Okay. Right? That way, you're never dumping just older gas into a motor that you're unsure if it's going to be able to run it or whatever. Generators mm -hmm. are generally pretty forgiving, but so are, so are cars. So you can literally have a couple of jerry cans full and then, you know, once every couple of months, use that five-gallon jerry can, dump that into your vehicle that's a half full if you've got a large enough tank or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then go fill that up, take the jerry can with you, fill the jerry can up, bring it back, put it into storage, that kind of thing. That was always my method, how I handled it. All right. Well, then the next thing is most of our recipes are ingredient dependent. We keep cans of all ingredients on hand and are constantly using from stock and restocking. Mm -hmm. I always recommend this. Yes. This covers many, many recipes, all of which can also be cooked on a camp stove. For Christmas, I got a Kark oven. Kark oven. I mean, Kark doesn't make the oven. Right. But Kark approved. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Leia got herself the camp oven, uh, surprisingly much heavier than I expected. Oh, so heavy, so heavy and big. It, it is. The, the box it came in is much bigger than the oven is, but it, if it just only gets smaller, that makes its weight even yes. more impressive. Yeah. It's kind of a heavy boy. It's not something that you're, this is a car camping luxury item. Yes. Or, or an RV or, you know, something yeah. like that. Uh, still amazing. I do have to get in touch with Adam, which I, he's got to remind me what regulator I need to buy so that we get the full power. So the regulator, right? You use the regulator to increase the heat. Thank goodness, because those camp stoves are notoriously bad at their, like, butane output. BTU. Yeah. That's not butane. Okay. They run off propane. Whatever. It's like British BTU. thermal unit Whatever. is BTU. Great. Helpful. Thanks, Brits. It's a it's a yardstick. Yeah. It's a measuring <laughs> un unit of measurement. Once a year, we change all the clock, thermostat, smoke, and CO detectors, flashlight, and tool batteries. Mm. The old batteries that test good are given to the kids for gaming remotes and other toys or burned up in daily flashlights, new batteries each month. I advocate going to rechargeables mm -hmm. as much as possible um getting so getting off of the nine volt standard getting everything onto double a's is really helpful i am getting less patient with triple a's as i'm getting older mm. they're, they're starting to upset me okay because they're showing up in dumb things mm -hmm. um rechargeables are great because then when you recover them they they're not going to last as long as like a you know off the shelf those lithium energizers or whatever but they work really well for things that don't draw a lot of power like tv remotes and fire alarms and other things like that plus kids toys who cares throw rechargeables in there and then when they complain you get your batteries back and you put the new batteries in and then when you just remember when you go to get rid of those toys you got to open them up and take your batteries back just because yeah, that's something that happens. Don't let your that's wife just, or significant other just throw out the toys. Go in there and make sure you re harvest your batteries. So another Redditor says that they never let their vehicles get below half a tank and always Good. have cash in smaller denominations in the car in case card machines go down. Good. And every two months do an inventory check of go bags and adjust contents based on seasons and needs. Mm, two months it seems like a lot. Um, you kind of hit one of the points that the daily thing that I do is make sure that you have the appropriate gear on you in a way that's you can carry it around either on your person or it's in your car 
or vehicle. Just make sure that if you do pack a lot of gear into your vehicle that it is secured from theft, obviously, um, and it's something that there's a core nucleus, at least, that you could take away from your car if you had to abandon your car. Ooh. Right. It, a it, bag on bag or no, bag in bag. Because, I mean, you've probably seen those super cool, like, overland vehicles where they open the hitch and then they got this drawer system that comes out. Yeah. And it's just like the most squared away looking kit ever. It's like, yeah. well, what if I got to leave my car? Exactly. I can't carry a drawer. <laughs> right. So naturally you have a backpack, right? Somewhere in that car, there will be some kind of way to carry this stuff. But some of that gear are full size tools right that you have yeah. in a vehicle because you can you mm -hmm. can do that you can carry full-size tools well if that's the case make sure you've got some kind of again core nucleus of things that are smaller tools portable tools that you can keep with you that are easy to carry along with your radios your food your first aid all that other good stuff that you carry along because that's all got to fit in one bag and you got to potentially hoof it around so keep that in mind all right yeah well that's the swix preparedness corner no oh, that's a good that was uh pithy and dense thank that you it was a good one very good mm-hmm so the show topic. All right. Today. So today's so discussion for today is right. go on to the show. Right. Right. show topic the, the topic of today's show is. Gentlemen, let's get down to business. There are so many ways to go with this conversation, but I'm going to get the the stuff that we know out of the way right up front. Oh, what's? Yesu John Crook uh, posted a video on YouTube, Facebook, you know, all the places, telling everyone that Yesu is going to, and we'll get into the terms, they are no longer going to be producing the FTM 400 <gasps> and the FT 818. Why, though? Well, well, we'll talk about that, too. Um, I'm going to hand Leia the FT 818. It is a radio that you've already seen before. I don't think you were a, a big fan of it. Oh, so here's the FT. Is it because I wasn't a big fan? That's it. Like, John saw the podcast. Like, and oh. They were bummed. It went back to Japan. Oh, they were like, "Did you hear?" Just they they were they were uh, they were not happy about it. They're... I hate this front like port thing. I oh, the it. front port is the best thing. That is the best. Th okay, I okay. We got to pause everything to explain why that front port is amazing. Flip the radio around. Mm -hmm. There's a port in the back. Yeah, that is a full size SO239. Okay. And the one in the front is BNC. What's a wind camp? Uh, it looks like you adapter. added it on. I did. Yeah. So what makes this radio actually one of my favorite parts about this radio is it can take any coax as long as it's BNC or SO or PL239. So you don't have to remember a, a coax adapter. Because you can oh. tell the radio use the front port or the back port. Doesn't matter. It doesn't care. That's actually a one of my favorite things about that radio because the screen's so small. It, it's we're we're gonna get into that too. But if you go back, you know, there's so few buttons. So few buttons, deep menus. Uh, in on the screen, you got to go into like all these deep menus. But hear me out. You go on a portable operation, right? It's very small. Get out into the field, try and connect an antenna that you may be doing a YouTube review on, mm -hmm. and you don't have the BNC adapter. Yeah, that's and you're the like, pain that you've. Had. I'm done for today yeah it's time to go home right I, that has happened before so that radio is actually good for that okay so it just reminds me of like a the old car radios yeah that you used to install in the dash mm -hmm. yeah i mean it's the same it's the same kind of form factor i'm looking i'm looking for the cd player on this mm -hmm. that's it's fine it's fine 
Yeah. So that radio, well, let me let me give you the details. And I'm I'm doing my best to paraphrase what John mentioned. And anywhere I where I say something he didn't say, obviously Yesu is not condoning anything we're talking about here. Um nor is anything I'm saying supposed to be taken as like a Yesu statement. Right. Just because I know Yesu gets, you know, sometimes I get a little upset when when YouTubers and whatnot go out. We're not we're not representing Yesu. Not representing Everything Yesu. we're saying is just I'll do my best opinion and unfounded speculation. I'm going to get into lots of opinions and unfounded speculation here in a bit, but I will state up front what they said, the reasons why they are not going to sell these radios anymore is because of the chip shortage. They've just come up to the point where they've exhausted their resources and they can no longer produce the radio. Wow. Okay, boom. So uh, yet another two radios that have bit the dust as a byproduct of chip shortages. And to be really clear, it's not like the the chip has disappeared. In some cases, it probably has. But a lot of times, the demand for said chips has gone up to a point and the production has gone down because factories have burnt down, et cetera, et cetera, that other industries are willing to pay more money for what Yesu used to mm-hmm. pay. And at some point, the cost to produce the thing is no longer value added, and it's just worth it to just say, say la vie, and let's move on. That was my opinion, okay? Not what John said. John just said, hey, there you go. Chip shortage, that's it. Okay, so the FTM 400 is a VHF UHF radio. I have this in my car, right? So that's mm-hmm. why I'm not showing you right now. But it's the, it's the smaller screen when yes. you're in my car. It's the color screen, mm-hmm. right? I like that radio a lot, okay? I've been using it for many years. It does APRS, one of the very few radios that still does APRS right out of the box that was available. So its loss is actually kind of sucks because there's just one less APRS radio out there. The FT817, which is the younger brother or the older brother to the 818, the one you were just holding, right? Okay. That was introduced and released to the market in 2004. Oh. So part of the reason why this radio looks the way it does is because it is a radio it's of old. an old era, yeah. right? This radio in its prior format, 817 and 818, has existed on the market for a very long time. It has a diehard following of people behind it. It is very well loved because... The Carly Simon of radios. No, I made a video. I called it the Mazda Miata of radios. <sighs> it is highly upgradable. They're easy to get your hands on. They're inexpensive, they're effective, and like a tuner, right, you can modify it to any point you're trying to get to, right, to kind of do all the things. Okay. It is VHF, UHF, right? So it can do line-of-sight communications as well as beyond line-of-sight, and it's obviously QRP, a proper QRP radio. Okay. The 818, the one we have here, is actually, it does one of the upgrades when it went from a 17 to an 18, is that it got one more watt of power out. Watt? One more, or one or two, regardless. <laughs> not not huge upgrades between the 818 and 817. Um, I ha- Like I said, I have both these radios. I like both of these radios. I like the FTM 400 the most, but they are vastly different radios. And I would say I appreciate the 817 and 818 for what it did to portable ham radio. Okay. When this radio came out, again, 2004, so it's been around for a really long time, portable ham radio was a thing. It didn't introduce a whole market segment, okay. but it definitely grew it legs, if you will. It made portable ham radio something fun, 
something slick, and I'd say actually kind of sexy. When that radio came out, it was like it was EMA. the ham sexy. Right. Well, except it's QRP, so mm. you're not doing QRP uh, Earth, Moon, Earth, but mm. you get the idea. Um, I think that this radio kind of dragged more people and legitimized portable ham radio. Like having a radio you throw in a backpack, among other things, mm -hmm. to go outdoors and do ham radio with. All right. Right. It just made it more approachable for everybody because this is like a $600 radio, mm -hmm. all things said and done. VHF, UHF, and HF, 600 bucks. It's not bad. Also, these radios, the 817 and 818, very popular with satellite operators because this will do single sideband on two meters. Okay. So... Big thing for people that want to get into the linears, as we call them, the linear satellites over the FM satellites specifically. So people will actually buy two 817s, one for receive and one for transmit. All right. And then they call it, what do they call it? The uh, 1634. <laughs> right? Okay. Did I do the math right? Yeah, I did. Um, okay. So there's there's all that out of the way. Now, Yesu had a big year in 2022. Did they, they? They released a lot of radios, and they definitely maneuvered around a radio that they had to discontinue. Uh, I gotta be. I will talk about that in a second. The the word discontinue took out of production a radio, the FT three DR. Oh, discontinue alludes to the fact that it's never coming back. No, no. I'll I'll get to what I think their beef is, but they don't they don't like to use that word. They don't like anyone saying that they discontinued their radios. The FT3DR was taken out of production and replaced by the FT5DR. The FT5 is very similar to the FT3, but it is not susceptible to chip shortages because it was redeveloped to use parts that aren't high demand. Okay. The FT3 was only on the market for a couple of years before they had to cease production and bring out the FT5 because they wouldn't have been able to, to bring it out to market. Right. Okay. Yesu did that as well as release, I believe, two VHF UHF radios, the um, the seven ten, which just came out, as well as the FT four or the F, sorry, FTDX ten, which I believe was the prior year two thousand twenty one. Regardless, Yesu has been stepping up the release of new radios. It has been long time rumored that the that yesu has been working on a replacement for the 817 and the oh so there are many people who are speculating that we're going to hear about a qrp radio a okay. new hotness qrp radio from yesu that will fill that niche that the 817 818 filled right wow because if you think about it any radio that has been actively in production since 2004 has a huge following behind it. There's very few radios that actually can have that level of longevity. That is an incredibly long time. Yesu, and again, this is my pure speculation, was probably doing fine with the 817-818 from a business standpoint for many years. The development had already definitely broken even. They were purely profiting off of its production costs. Right. My assumption. Mm -hmm. Now, the ICOM IC705 has come out since then in the last two years. And it is now re-revolutionizing, re if you will, this whole QRP portable radio thing. I think that, again, speculation, that Yesu 
is going to be potentially introducing a QRP radio that will replace the 7818 in 2023 is my guess. Okay. That's my hunch. I'll just say that right up front. Now, no longer in production versus discontinued. Yesu wants to remind everybody, and again, this is just me um, from the many times I've talked to John or spoke with John and have listened to their videos and watched what they say. They support radios that are out of production. They have done that for decades. They will sure. continue to do that. Right. And I think the reason why they're hesitant to use the word discontinued is because they don't want people to believe that they're no longer supporting their radios, that they're just cutting and running from them. Well, plus, I'm assuming that there's actually a large number of retailers that still have the product in stock. Mm -hmm. And so you don't want to undercut the retailers that are carrying your stock. Correct. Making it sound like, oh, well, this is you know, this is going to be a subpar experience. Right. And they've had no track record of like abandoning any of their radios, at least to my knowledge, and leaving people kind of high and dry. Now, cost of repairing some of these radios may go up over time as parts cost may go harder. Up. Cost, cost may go up. You never know. You leave, you come back, cost may go up. <laughs> but um, I that then that leads to the next point here. There have been a lot of people saying that you need to go out and get an 818 right now because they're going to be gone. And while that is true, uh, because we definitively know they're no longer going to produce it anymore, this radio is prolific. It is everywhere. It is hard to go to a ham fest and not see someone selling an 817, specifically the 817ND, the November Delta qualifier at the end of the 817. For pretty good prices, I've seen them go as low as in the low four hundred dollars. Oh, radios. So while yes, I think it's true. If you want one of these radios, you know, always sure go go get Act one now. Uh, don't 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 hold back. But I also believe that given the nature of this radio, it's like saying if like Honda said we're not going to produce the Civic anymore. There are billions of Civic, Honda Civics out there. You don't need to go buy the last one, right? If they only made three models and they've just been making the same three models for, you know, 20 years. Yeah. You can you can be fine with the 2018 model. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's it, There's nothing that new and interesting, right? And that includes the 817 to 818 split when they came out with the 818. You didn't get a whole lot of new interesting things, the bang for your buck. So... As costs inevitably go up with this radio becoming discontinued, I want to remind people, and maybe this weekend is a ham fest, and maybe not everybody has heard the news here, so you, you probably should snatch up the 817s that are available that are still good, well-priced for the used market. Okay. I think that's a solid buy. I think the radio that's going to have, that that's probably going to stick where it's at, and I don't even know where it's going to end up, is the FTM 400. That is an actually really good radio. I don't think it's going to go up in cost, but I think it's going to stick to its value for a long time. But that is a much smaller market, I feel, for people that are looking for a radio like that versus the 817, 818. Anyone can buy that because it's a shack in the box, and they can just be good, whether they're a mm -hmm. technician, a general, or an extra. There's something in that radio that, that they likely will appreciate. Or will appreciate having on them in case they need it, quote unquote. I don't know why, but whatever. 
so yeah, that's kind of, those are kind of my thoughts on it. I, I'm normally a guy who will tell you when I feel you should run out and buy something before it's gone. Like I felt that way about the, the Kenwood TH, um, D72, sorry, D74. And that radio sold retail at $600. And now they go for $800 to $900 purely on the used market. Wow. Right. I don't see that happening with the with the 817, 818. And if it does, no one should pay those prices because there are way more 817, 818s in the market than there ever were THD74s from Kenwood, for instance, right? Mm-hmm. Because the markets are just truly different. So, so no one should pay exorbitant prices for the 818s specifically um and and definitely don't even consider it for the 817s because it's a much older radio so this is my don't go panic buy this thing they will be available paper it's it's not it's not a truly important commodity like toilet paper um (laughs) yeah i i I just want to put a little you know pump the brakes a little bit reminder on how many of these radios there really are out there and there's likely a lot of people that believe the price of these should be skyrocketing right now because we've been told no longer in production, but the actual supply available outweighs what that potential demand is, I feel. So, yeah. All right. What do you think, Liz? Well, look at you not spending people's money. Yeah, a little bit. I, I'm, <laughs> I want to, I want, and, and also, um, for me, I feel like it's kind of good timing on Yusu's part, even if, even if the parts were not available for the eight seventeen, sorry the eight eighteen, they probably again this is my assumption, we're probably already looking at the books on how long we're going to keep this thing going. Okay. Right. Sure, it's probably only making money, is my guess. But at the same time, there are so many more newer radios on the market that their base is probably getting eroded pretty hard by radios that people are actually just willing to pay twice the price for to get newer technology. Right. You know what I mean? Plus, you've got Chinese companies like Shegu that has the X6100 that is like the clone of the IC705, and it's the same price, basically, as the 818. So then you're kind of like, well, you start doing the math in your head of like, how long are we going to keep this going, right? Things like the Yesu FT60, that's been around forever. It's a great handheld radio. It's probably always going to have a pretty decent market. But the 81718 is a slightly more niche, but at the same time, it's getting it's getting trumped by people who are looking for the the latest greatest features that actually do bring a lot of stuff to the game that the 817818 just just didn't have access to when it was developed and designed. The world has moved on from QRP radio, I guess is kind of what I'm saying. But QRP is for heroes. No, no, no. I don't mean QRP is moving like away. I'm saying what people expect from a QRP radio has grown. Mm. It's either niche down to highly portable CW only transceivers. There's a lot of people doing that now. But where the 817-818 fits in the kind of shack in the box, a little bit larger unit for QRP that you put in a backpack, there are much better radios that are on the market now that it's competing against. Okay. So those new features that people have now come to expect, this radio just doesn't have it. 
So that's kind of where I'm going with that. But yeah, I don't panic, I guess. If you if you wanted one and you can get them at retail prices, I say go ahead for an 818. But if you start seeing prices go up, I don't think that's truly justified. I think there will be some chaos as people, as everything balances out with it truly going away. And then we'll see the prices come down, I'm assuming, because there's a lot of them. There, there really are. You could probably just go talk to your friends at a ham club. Um, go to local ham radio swap meets and see mm -hmm. if you can find one. Uh, trying to get them online, people might be capitalizing on the news story, I feel, right now. So Yeah, absolutely. So watch your butts out there. Hold on to them. <laughs> What's happening? The staircases change, remember? Let's go this way. Before the staircase moves again. Welcome to the email correspondence tower. Uh, that's the thing looming in the center of the compound. But uh, we've got two small outbuildings on each side. We have the physical mail depot, which we're going to stop by first. We got a package. It's an annex? Nope, that's no. the voicemail. It's a shipping and receiving department. Why don't we remember I like this? depot. Okay. You do like depot. I do like depot. All right. Not like you like Lowe's, though. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Do we... We just want to float that one out there. Should we, should we explain <laughs> that my ex-girlfriend now works at the Lowe's down the street? The Lowe's that is your favorite? It's not my... Lowe's is my least favorite. You go to Lowe's been, all the time. I, oh, it's so God. suspicious. It's so sauce. No, I, I don't love Lowe's. The only reason I went there is because it was literally close and the dishwasher was leaking or, you know, whatever. Was sure, sure. But now I'm never going again. That's... <laughs> Until I inevitably forget, and then I see her, and I'm like, Conveniently oh, forget. Yeah, conveniently. That's it. All right. So um, this box I was expecting, but there was extra goodies crammed into this, and that's why I'm that's why I'm I'm mentioning this. There wasn't. There's a note, but the note is kind of like, hey, don't read this um, on the podcast. So I okay. won't. I'll just say, Julius, thank you. There's a um, anyway. Get in contact with me. I sent you a DM. I gotta I gotta chat with you about something. All right. So in this box, Leia. That's very exciting. It is exciting. The box actually is list as uh, to Leia and Josh. Oh my gosh, really? Yeah. So you're top billing on this. So the first. Oh, this is international. Oh my. You know what? Thank you so much for doing that because I know how hard it is to ship things internationally. This. It looks like the uh, the origin is Hamburg. Wow. Yeah. So thank you for international. Now, I did buy something, and that's why he's sending it. But all this other stuff he packed in. So Ooh. some really great-looking coffee. I'm super excited about it's that. It's Mutterland Schaffloss Coffin Kick for Lang der Strecken. <laughs> that's it. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> uh, there is a small... Um, Chaos Communication Camp 2015 Rad 1 PCB Radio. Cool. It's a it's a radio badge.events.ccc.de and it is all in German. It looks like it's a it's an RF, it's like a badge for somebody that attends an event, and this one is actually a radio. It looks like there's a dial somewhere. I've got to go awesome. find it. It looks like it'll do ooh. <gasps> oh, 
That's getting excited. Uh, there's a frequency range selector that goes from DECT or DECT, GSM, Iridium, mm -hmm. GPS, ADSB, Tetra, and Dark. So this actually does a lot of stuff. I thought that this might just be an FM radio. Okay, I'm going to have to look into what this does. This is like satellite receiver. How exciting. GPS, um, Iridium is a sat phone. Oh. Yeah, so you want to take a look at that? Mm-hmm. Now I, I'm not going to. That's gonna, a board. I'm not going to. I'm just going <laughs> to hand this to you because I think it's it's super cool. So this is the first one of these I think you you're ever getting. <gasps> oh my god! I got a patch. Mm hmm Thank you so much. It has my call sign on it and it says ham radio operator. In case you forget. Uh you know how could I? Now, uh, and he sent me one, too. So thank you, Julius. Thank you so much, Julius. So in this box, people are wondering, well, Josh, what'd you buy? So th those are all the... Now he just he added these. these okay? This is amazing. Thank you. In this in this box, I hold in my in my hand two of Your the ham most... ham hands. The most coveted items in ham radio. Often what I would call the most unobtainium things. These are... Okay. There was this, there's a, a ham who made something called Palm Radio. It's a German company. Okay. His logo is literally a palm tree, which I think is kind of funny. But uh, I'm assuming it's more about the palm, meaning your hand. Mm. These are Morse code keys, specifically for portable operation. Oh. These have been unobtainium for a very long time, meaning if you didn't buy one, the markup on these is truly through the roof. I'm not ready to release any details on this, but I believe that there are actually a stock of these still available. Oh. I have two, and I'm going to give one away. What? So that's the first thing. I already have the mini paddle. Oh, no, this is the full-size mini. Oh, maybe I'm not going to give this away. Sorry, everybody. So, Leia, check this out, okay? So... This is there's a magnetized base. Okay. That slaps onto your radio. And this is the iambic paddle. This is that dits and daws. Okay. Right? Do you see it? Mm-hmm. Right? That's the that's the part where you need a keyer to be able to do the dits and daws. Your radio right. has to know when I click that, it needs to be at fifteen words per minute or eighteen words per minute. So the spacing between the daws and dits of when you're keying becomes vitally important and you need a special device to do that. Okay. So that's the first thing. I have to think about giving that one away or not. I have the the micro paddle. I've owned that for many years. But this one I didn't have. This is the Palm Radio Portable Key. Just straight up, straight key. Same form factor. Okay. Ready? Come on. It's really working. Look. Pa pow. Oh, how cute is that? It looks like a pipe. <laughs> <laughs> Can you make smokes of? <laughs> it is a palm portable straight key. And that I will, is tiny. I will post pictures of these on the Ham Radio Crash Course um, podcast chat. Oh, it's metal. It is metal. Ooh, the actual key I thought was plastic for the longest time. That's really metal. So I always wanted the iambic. <laughs> huh? 
I said it's really metal. It's really metal. <laughs> I've always uh, wanted the palm uh, iambic because that was what I was most familiar with. But I love the look and the feel of a straight key. Okay. I, 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 I enjoy using a straight key, although I'm not very good at it. Um, but from a portable radio standpoint, I always want to have a straight key generally. So I bought these, and uh, I will, like I said, if I can, um, I will if provide... If you can tear yourself away. No, I, I will provide <laughs> more information on those who missed out on this this train that was the the Palm Pico Paddles. Because like I said, they're they're pretty much unobtainium now. Mm. Um, and they are... They are worth um, all the accolades that, that people thrust upon them because they are they are very, very good keys. And uh, if you do want a cheap version that's available right now, though, uh, Adam, K6ARK, makes a 3D printed uh, case, basically. Oh. Out of 3D printed parts, so it's pennies on the dollar for what these go for. Well, you know, he he harvested the resin himself. That's right. So. The the Actually, that's... um. What is it? PL? PL? Uh... Oh, so he actually... Uh... No, I'm saying the, that um, material. The PLA? The PLA. That's organic. You, you can, Amazing. It'll uh, degrade over time. Not so very... He, so he forms his own PLA. Right. Yeah, all yeah, of uh, organic materials. That's, That's right. Amazing. Yeah. So if you want one of those, there's actually a link on Amazon. Adam has... If you go to K6RK's website, you can Google it. Or we'll, we'll try and put something in the show notes to, to remind people to go take a look. He's got an Amazon store where all of his stuff is. And I believe he's selling those paddles now. But he sells oh. out quickly on all the things he does. So if he's sold out by the time you go there, uh, don't be mad at Adam. It's because his stuff's really good and he it's deserves true. it. So, yeah, again, if you want to see these, which I, I – <laughs> it's it's like uh, it's like Name of the Wind, right? <laughs> if you don't have one and you've never used it, it's kind of like, you know what? Don't worry about it. <laughs> don't worry about it don't even look at it um because you're gonna want one don't put yourself through the heartache don't yeah come on what are you what are you trying to do here um uh, because they're actually really really good and the fact you can't get them really bums people out the website's still up too oh no and so people go there and like longingly look at these things they can't buy <laughs> when those were new and available they all went for over 100 dollars each one of those really i think 120 dollars around uh was the price for those individually I, I think but i can't remember but made in germany good high quality stuff right there so all right thanks again uh for sending that stuff over although you know yes i paid for the keys but all that extra stuff you packed in thank, thank you so much thank you for us with the patches is just beautiful I love it. I love so it. thank you all right we're leaving the physical mail depot and heading on over to the voicemail annex if you'd like to send us a voicemail and read us the email that you were going to type out how, <laughs> how would one do that Leah? you would call 562-334-2389 okay uh before we move on i actually am curious mm -hmm. for christmas yes one of the things that your mom bought you was a 3d printed uh placard of your call sign. Yes. And I just wondered if the person who made it is listening to the podcast. Because <laughs> we had to talk about that after the fact, because you said your mom probably just Googled 
call yeah. sign plaque. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And found a website. And we assumed, again, lots of assumptions, that it's a ham that likely made it. Right. Because why else would you make why else would you make call sign Mm -hmm. plaques Um, other than maybe you just an industrious 3D printer that looked into that kind of stuff. But that seems like, yeah, the exception, not the rule, a real niche thing. Right. right, right, right. (laughs) So somewhere out there was somebody who 3D printed this call sign for me. And knowing my mom, she probably got him on the phone. (laughs) So thank you for that beautiful 3D printing. It's very nicely made. Yes, yes, yes. I've gotten two of those now. The one that somebody sent a couple weeks back, which yes. is in my shack, uh, right on my radio. And now this other one. So I'll take that to work, I think. So there you go. You should just make them shadows of each other. So every, like, you know. They're not the same from... size. Oh. Totally different. Man. Yeah. Mm. Also right. totally different colors. Yeah, that's the point. You put the bigger one in the back, and then it looks like it's moving with you. No? Uh, you'll have to see the sizes. Okay. So I I do I do want to get into the voicemail. Okay. But I have to take a minute because Josh happens to be, you know, he's he's good at the ham radio stuff he does. But in our circle of friends, nobody cares about, well, my circle of friends, anyway, right. aside, aside from the mayor, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> when they he don't... shows up at the house, he's like, hey, man, can you program a bell thing? Yeah. <laughs> uh, our friends. Yes. They, they don't care very much about your ham radio stuff. No. They don't care about your YouTube stuff. Though, no. I think Alex watches your videos. Oh, yeah. I was flattered by that. Yeah. Like, oh, that's so nice. He's like, yeah, I don't know what's going on, but we put it on in the background. I'm like, oh, thank you. Appreciate that. So, what the kids all remember Josh for in yeah. the summer is that Josh is like a shark in the water. Nobody can cross the pool as fast as Josh can. So, when we play Marco Polo, Josh... Is Marco I have Polo? I don't know which side of that is, but nobody else wants to do anything but be the ones being chased. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's like Jaws. It's right? like Every, everybody's very scared. Because like, otherwise, they're playing with other people who are not that strong of swimmers mm-hmm. or other kids. Mm-hmm. You can get away from other kids pretty well. Takes out an entire pool. <laughs> Yeah, I could get across the pool real fast. So, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm, this is not a humble brag. Like I, I grew up with a swimming pool, mm-hmm. right? And you're like, okay, cool. Big, big whoop. I did too. No, no. I mean, I was in it. Every day. All day long. Yeah. Not, not every day. Not like I hopped in and did a couple laps and got out. Like I was in it all day <laughs> swimming. I became the one with the water. <laughs> I communed with the water. And so then it's like, okay, that's great too. But no, no, I also was a starter for water polo. Yeah. Like I can swim the crap out of a pool. <laughs> I love the water. So I love swimming. This is the Josh's claim to fame with these children in the summer. But what if you made the water hard? Yes. <laughs> so in Southern California at uh, Huntington Beach, there is a resort mm-hmm. that does this ice skating rink. 
Yes. That overlooks the ocean. So you are literally skating with an ocean view. <laughs> Which is, what a flex. <laughs> and it's, the, it's this whole resort experience they sell. I had never been ice skating before. It it showed. And <laughs> neither had the boys. But I really appreciate the tenacity. And I w- when my friends were scheduling this, yeah. they had all already been ice skating before. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I was like, okay, well, I'm not going unless Josh goes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because I will be useless. <laughs> I don't know what this has to do with the voicemail. You, you paused it. Yeah, I just, I want to brag on you a little bit. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. Josh is also amazing at skating, ice skating. For someone who doesn't live in a place where there is ice, uh, other than in bags at the store. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Yes, 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 indeed. Um, So that is because of rollerblading. Yeah, very, very strong skater. And so the kids... The, oh man, I'm I'm so proud of these kids. Yeah, because I'm very proud. I knew Edison would probably have a lot of tenacity if he saw his friends do something and he wasn't good at it, he would keep going. Ben is the kind of kid who when he is embarrassed at not being good at something, he'll just like kind of sit out and then want to go try it in <laughs> privacy. Uh yeah, and, and and to put Ben into some context, he has some natural skill. Yeah. He's naturally athletic, pretty good, mm-hmm. in control of his body type mm-hmm. person. So if he doesn't like, if he doesn't have like a natural click with it, yeah, he's less inclined to stick to it, I yes. think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is bad. That's a, that's a very bad trait. You just, you just have to yeah. persevere. Yeah. These kids by the end were skating around the rink. Yes. Yeah. And we're talking like uh, Bambi... From the movie Bambi. Yes. First time experiencing ice. Children. Yes. <laughs> Leia was a little bit like that too. I was. But the the skates really hurt my feet. It, They hurt and then it all just goes away after a while. I don't believe it will. They become numb. Yeah. They still hurt after I took also, them Also, we had rental skates on and those are trash. Yeah. That, that, that's just what that is. So I just trash. wanted to brag on Josh what a great dad he is for the amount of skill. And on top of that, I have weird esoteric skills. It's he filmed so much good footage of the I kids. Have, I did bring the DJI handheld <laughs> gimbal, so already I'm on ice, which is pretty smooth. But then I'm using a gimbal, which smoothed it out even more. And I was just chasing all the kids around while they were skating. It was pretty fun. And I realize for those of you who have partners and you have children, the way into your partner's heart is one, keeping the children safe, while two taking pictures and video these are mm-hmm. <laughs> these are two things that are, that are like so amazing <laughs> ice skating was the best <laughs> <laughs> while you sat with a warm right. drink on the side yeah it was a cool drink it was a cocktail it was a good time yeah it was fun though I, I i actually do enjoy ice skating it actually made me think i need to go buy some rollerblades sure i get some for the kids too me too all right i'm not you that's <laughs> I don't I don't think that's a good idea. Yeah, I'm going to learn. You had those roller skates that you never used. I almost died with those roller skates. <laughs> that's the part of the problem. I think actually having your dad break his arm mm-hmm. like a day or so before <laughs> mm-hmm. really shook me. Yeah. 
I was like, oh, I absolutely am not willing to fall down. Oh, no, I get it. We can't have me have a broken arm. Right. <laughs> that's that would be bad. that's that's catastrophic so you know again to go back to the kids so they fell a couple of times mm-hmm. edison in particular fell and like actually hurt himself like mm-hmm. he, I, he started crying a, a second there because he was like i he was like i really hurt myself he was open and honest like that hurt really bad mm-hmm. and i'm like do you want to go take a break he's like no well it didn't help his best friend remy who's three months younger than him was like eating it repeatedly but he was doing just would it. jump back up just but, boom and also to give remy some credit remy was doing exactly what edison was doing but much faster <laughs> so he was wiping out even harder oh like hard so for like he must have fell three times as much as any other kid oh for sure like the parents were really like what's What's with that kid? Where's their pa- where's so, the child's parents? Like somebody, the, the, the the guy who uh-huh. works there, he saw me pick Remy up and goes, "Is that your kid?" And I'm like, "No, no he's like a family friend though. He's all right." And he's like, yeah. oh, "Okay, because he's he's eating it a lot." Yeah. <laughs> like the term "ass over tea kettle" is what I would use. <laughs> it, 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 like, but literally, I have never seen anything funnier than somebody fall down on an ice rink and their legs just flip right and up. it's this so funny it's <laughs> horrible because it hurts really bad falling on the ice is <laughs> bad it's literally bad ass over <laughs> like really bad it is really it hurts really bad one of the other skaters came up to sarah and was like uh is that your child that's made of rubber yeah <laughs> it's pretty amazing yeah, so uh, that's what we did. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty okay too. I'm not like I'm not really sore, so Excellent. my knee hurt a little bit. My right knee. Just we'll get some of those knee things. Yeah, the doctors always told me like those aren't great because it's just like making your muscle weaker. And so you, you should, just need to skate more. Well, you should you should skate more, but you should do it in a way that's like you build up, right? You build mm-hmm. the strength back, kind yeah. of thing. But yeah, no, I really liked it. Yeah. That has nothing to do with the voicemail. Yeah, I thought this was all a buildup for that, but nope. Nope. Well, thank you, Leah. I appreciate the kind words. I try occasionally. There's some things that I I can do. I've got a tangent up my pocket that I'm itching to talk about. Oh, boy. You're you're not going to be happy about me talking about. (laughs) Is this like a compliment sandwich? No. (laughs) That's nothing to do with you. Okay, okay. It's not like I plan my tangents, but I'm really excited to talk to some murderinos about this. Okay. <laughs> I okay, we're we're keep going. Keep going. And on to the first voicemail. Is that the first one? Truly? Okay. Hey, yeah. whatever it is, let's go. Mm, Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Let's go. Hey Josh and Leah. This is Mike Kilo Echo Zero Victor India Mike. I wanted to call in and hey, just Mike. wish everybody in the HRCC community a very happy new year. I hope you're all uh, all out there just as excited as about 2023 as I am. I uh, am. One great thing that I got done in 2022 that I wanted to share is that I got my first uh, CW activations done nice. uh, this year. Congratulations. And, uh, I wanted to thank you, Josh. You've done a lot to uh, push me forward and, and get that done. But uh, my first one in particular was was kind of special in that uh, 
the family and I were traveling through Cape Cod National Seashore. Josh has family and, in Cape uh, Cod. Of course, we stopped Cape at the God. visitor center when we first got there, and my wife picked up an informational brochure, and we started driving up the coast. And she started reading to me about the uh, historic Marconi uh, radio station yep. site mm-hmm. uh, that's there on the seashore. Nice. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't realize that that's where uh, he made his first – uh, transatlantic communications uh, to to a station in Europe. There's a yearly event. So uh, I got inspired learning that uh, that we were at that location, and I decided that that's where I needed to do <gasps> Boom. my first Morse code uh, activation what? for PODA. A I didn't feel like move. I was particularly ready, uh, but when do we ever, right? So, uh, I love I just, this mentality, uh, was, yes. I was inspired to, to go out there and get that done and did that. My uh, and I hero. even uh, video recorded it, and I've uh, shared it on my YouTube channel, which is cleverly named KE0BIM. Nice. And I wanted Check to that invite out, everyone. Uh, anyone out there who is interested in uh, achieving this goal themselves in 2023, I've got my first three uh, activations videoed and posted on this channel in a beginner CW uh, playlist. Oh, that's excellent! So obviously we've got a uh, we've got a really great resource in uh, Thomas's channel, yep. uh, SWL, uh, in his uh, his activations that he shares uh, his CW mode. So so there's there's where we go for a good example of a CW activator. If you want an example of a beginner CW activator, uh, and maybe maybe that'll help you gain a little confidence to do your own activation, uh, please check those videos out, and uh, and maybe they'll they'll help you out. But uh, yeah, I, you're, you're, I also wanted to thank you, Josh, for the uh, comments last week about, uh, about ha- uh, starting ham radio content and the tips that you gave there. That was uh, particularly pertinent oh, thank for you. me uh, in starting this channel this fall that... Uh, Hopefully I can uh, I grow and turn into something, even though uh, I'm just another guy named Mike uh, doing a <laughs> Hey, at least it's not Jason. YouTube we got enough channel, Jasons but, on. Uh, I've got some interesting activations on. Hang on, that timed out. So um, I appreciate that because Leia was giving me side-eyed to the later half of last week's like show it topic. It went, it went on long, yeah. but I, I hope that was valuable to some folks. I appreciate it's you know, not going to be a banger, but you know what I say? They can't all be hot bangers. Mm, they cannot. Hey guys, it's Mike again, KE0BIM. I timed out the repeater naturally, but uh, yeah, I'm just hoping to, uh, to to grow this channel, and I really appreciated your uh, good luck your with tips, your channel. Josh, and I think yeah, I good can, luck. Uh, I just subscribe. Something that's a little a little different, even though I'm just another guy named Mike doing a, a Poda channel. But uh, I've got some uh, activations at, like I said, at Cape Cod. Uh, another at uh, the Flight 93 National Memorial, nice. uh, and also the Gateway Arch National Park in St. Louis. Cool. Uh, next year we'll be traveling through the southwest, so I hope to get uh, activations done at a lot of national parks in uh, New Mexico, Arizona, He's like becoming Utah, a solo. and Colorado. Yeah. So that's that's what we have to look forward to there. Uh, and I'll of course be following your tips. I know I got to work on my on my audio and get that quality a little bit higher. But again, thank you for that content. That was uh, really well timed. Well, thank you. And uh, really appreciate what you guys do on a weekly basis here. I hope uh, you and your family have a fantastic 2023. Happy New Year. Uh, this is Kilo Echo Zero, Victor, India, Mike, 7-3. Well, thank you. Well, Happy New Year to you and your family. Indeed. And hope 2023 is full of successful activations for you. I can't wait to 
see these videos. Yeah, I, they look pretty good. Thumbnails look all right. It's like, you know, somebody should consider doing a travel vlog ham radio channel. I'll do it. Okay, great. You want to go with me? Oh, I'm invited. Oh, wow. The, the generosity, the inclusivity. All right. Thank you so much, Mike. On to the next voicemail. Hello, this is Kilo One Mike Alpha Zulu Nathan in Southern Vermont. Hey, Nathan. I'm going to keep it quick. I just wanted to shout out um, Mike K-A-M-R-D. K-A-M-R-D. Mm-hmm. K-Murder. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just uh, bring people's attention if you're a listener and you are a technician or even if you're a general or an extra, um, every Tuesday... Uh, it's 4 p.m. Eastern time, uh, so you can you can do your calculation Eastern U.S. time. He's been uh, doing a live stream with 10 meter single sideband contacts and 10 meter FT8 contacts. Nice, so Mike. Even those that are technicians, um, maybe they're working on general or if you're happy at technician um they can make contacts and maybe even try to get the the lord of i don't know what that they lord of texas um the lord of poda <laughs> the poda lord um on 10 meters 10 meters is working great out for people um a lot better as we, as Josh always says, as we get better and better um, to the high of the sun cycle. Yeah. So, just wanted to let people know about that, and I keep it jabbering on, so I'm going to just end it here. This is Kilo One Mike Alpha Zulu saying 73. Well, thank you, Nathan. Thank you so much, and for the support and shout out for a uh, friend of the pod, mm-hmm. K Martyr. Just a general friend. That's true. That's true. All right, <laughs> here we go. On to this the next is the one you've now. been waiting for? No. No. Hey, Josh and Leia, this is your cellular correspondent, Don. Hey. Hey, Don. Tech. I just wanted to let you know you're both right about replication, except when you replicate something, you're not necessarily copying it exactly. Oh. For, example, for example, Sidecar Steve from 100 Watts of Wire made a uh, double bazooka antenna out of LMR 400. Okay. Now, I want my, I might want to make the same thing, so I'm going to replicate it, I'm going to duplicate it, I'm going to copy it, but instead, I'm going to use LMR 400. So I'm still replicating what he did, but I'm not doing it exactly. Hope that helps, uh, and we'll, we'll listen for the pod. I think that was in reference to the Happy New Year. content creation, right? Yeah. Somewhat. I know exactly what you mean. Thank you, Don. I, I would still say that if someone sat down, and let's say they took one of my videos, and they copied it word for word, they tried to replicate it 100%, they wouldn't be able to. It, it, there, there's going to be little idiosyncrasies that are just going to be different. Sure. That there's, it's, it's very difficult for someone to just straight up completely copy what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And even then, it's it's in some cases it turns into flattery a little bit, right? Because it's you know mm-hmm. they're literally just a copy. Um, 
but then in itself like you have to again you have to find your own way and if it if it helps to use an example to build off on that's okay there's Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with that yeah absolutely well thank you so much don on to the next voicemail okay Hello, this is Kilo One Mike Alpha Zulu. Hello again, and I just Nathan. Thought, uh, I just uh, thought of something else I just wanted to share quickly. And let's see if I can be really quick with it. Okay. Um, so ye- yesterday, I got a, a little letter in the mail from the previous owner or holder, I say holder, of my call sign. Whoa. Kilo One Mike Alpha Zulu. Oh. And his name is Nick. He lives, uh, I don't know hour and a half from me in Massachusetts. Um, his call sign now is K1NZ. How so funny. He actually forwarded on a, let's see, a bureau a QSL card that he received um, from when he had a uh, account with, I think it says W1QSL.org it's, uh, for W1 or one call sign areas for the bureau right. for forwarding on QSL cards. So he forwarded it on to me because they accidentally sent it to him from a contact that I had uh, last year <laughs> from Belgium. So oh, nice. he uh, told me about that and suggested I make an account with them or somewhere else. The so bureau. That I could also uh, benefit from bureau uh, forwarding if I want to. So I thought it was cool, uh, very nice that that he decided to just forward it on to me, um, and that just shows how um, helpful ham radio operators and especially um, call sign buddies, call sign buddies, I guess, <laughs> can be. So I just want to share that, and it was a nice thing to receive. Yeah, so, I love it. Hope this wasn't too long. This is Kilo One Mike Alpha Zulu saying uh, 73, and thank you for the podcast. Well, thank you for listening. Au revoir. Yeah. So there's a shortening that they do for the Bureau. We don't call it the Bureau, of course. We Why call not? It, we call it the Burrow. The Burrow? The Burrow. <laughs> is that like the holler? Yeah. <laughs> Down in the holler where we cook up the meth and work on QSL. <laughs> that is an old story from, uh, what's his name? Oh, I can't remember. Oh, I can't either. Big Bad Voodoo Daddy or something Voodoo Daddy? Isn't that a band? It's also a band, but he had a... Mad Voodoo? Mad Voodoo, yeah. I don't know. But big he had... Mad? Big Mad. I'm Big yeah. Mad. <laughs> he lived in a holler. He had a property in a holler. And then he also that was had a natural land. Gas. He was trying to... They were trying to do fracking. Yeah. And he had to deal with the people in the holler that were all cooking up crystal. Was it Crystal or were they doing something else where they were um, growing weed on a portion of his property? Let's go with yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. And on to the last voicemail. Okay. Hello, Josh and Leah. This is Mike, K-E-0-F-F-T. Hey, Mike. Uh, that could be Fast Fourier Transform <laughs> or what other people on the net tend to remember more is Fat fuzzy trucker (laughs) anyway i sent an email uh yesterday and if it happens to make it on to the podcast 
I thought that uh, one sentence I wrote might lead to some speculation, and I would just nip it in the bud. So I wrote in there, I talked about a dipole that I have uh, and that it's, it goes up in a tree in my yard and that it comes down whenever there are storms. And uh, and what I meant by that was that I take it down. <laughs> it's not coming down every time on its own and causing a problem. I, I always take it down whenever the storms are coming. So far, like, uh, uh, weather took it down again. So if my email makes it on, you'll know what that's about. And if it doesn't, then um, now you have some extra information. <laughs> Thank Love you. Love the podcast. Uh, really enjoy all the information on YouTube. I have learned a lot from watching uh, the videos and really, uh, always just have fun listening to the podcast and get a lot out of them too in the midst of having all that fun so happy Aww, new year guys thank you and hope your christmas was good uh, this is mike signing off have a great day bye-bye happy phrasing, new year to you phrasing and choice of words is very important <laughs> I, I hearken back to our drive to the ice skating rink and you pointed to a very uh expensive gym <laughs> with very expensive gym membership. And you told me this gym... It was Equinox. E Equinox. Is, did you say Equinox or Equinox? Equinox. Okay. Equinox, I, I don't, I'm not saying you're matter. right or wrong. Mm -hmm. And you said, I think it's like $200 a month. And then you followed that up. Your next bullet point <laughs> for the value add for joining this premier establishment was they give you a towel. <laughs> and so I did the natural, don't forget your towel. <laughs> But then I'm like, okay, now I'm intrigued because that was the first thing you mentioned. <laughs> and so I said, oh, that's interesting. Is it like, uh, it's like your custom towel? And you're like, no. And you said, then you clarified, no, when you go there, they give you a towel. And I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> so they have like a monogram towel for me, <laughs> no. the, the premier establishment. <laughs> And then you're like, no, 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 no. They have a towel service. You can yeah. take a towel and then you leave a towel. <laughs> it's a nondescript towel. And, and see, that's crazy. That's why choice of words is so important. And, and even. Like, what when, would you do? Like, you go to the gym every day and come home with 30 towels? Well, that's what I. Again, how you structure a joke. A story, vitally important, because if you tell me... I mean, very, if it's a high enough quality towel, $200 is a steal. Very premier, <laughs> very premier gym establishment, $200 a month. You could have gone to any number of services <laughs> that puts it above other gyms. But your first bullet on your PowerPoint slide that you were working through was, they give you a towel. So I go from you telling me top level experience, I'm expecting something different than one might expect if they go to a 24 hour fitness or something like that. So my mind is awash with possibility, towel possibilities. And you go, they give you a towel. And I'm like, okay, what kind of towel are we talking about? Do I have a choice? And you're thinking to yourself, what is this lunatic talking about? It's just a towel, but it, it was so, it was, it held, it's such a high level of prominence being the first bullet of how to sell me on this company. They give you a towel. I'm like, okay, monogram. I'm going to go with the monogram, of course. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, maybe black with gold lettering, you know, towel. <laughs> and then it's like, no, 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 no. It's just like every other gym that has towels 
you borrow a towel and then you leave the towel. Not oh, okay. every gym does that. If they Not... have a pool, a lot of them do. No, no. So anyway, I, I just that that was my tangent on why phrasing and choice of words is very important. So there you go. <laughs> okay. They do have special towels. They have chilled eucalyptus towels. Okay. Okay. See, there's okay. Heels products in in the locker rooms. Okay. Right. Cycling studio. I, you they know do what? Soul cycle. All these things. <laughs> I, I, I understand how they're building a narrative why someone would pay more. Not necessarily $200 a month. I don't necessarily understand that. But I, I get the, um, I get, I get you know, what they're selling. But I, I want my towel. <laughs> so when I go in there and ask for my towel, I don't want some crazy-eyed look, you know, when they're like, sir, you can't keep the towel. <laughs> For two hundred dollars a month, I'm stealing a towel every time I come in here. <laughs> All right, if you would like uh, to voicemail us again, what's that number, Lam? Do you still have it up? Five six two three three four two three eight nine. And then maybe you just read your email to us instead of yeah. just typing it up. But mm -hmm. now we must make our way to the center spire that reaches the heavens. The email correspondence tower. Leah, what what's our first email? This is a follow up from Adam who was waiting for his call sign mm. from... Uh, Reminder, Leia at hamtactical.com is the email true. you use if you want to be on the podcast. And Adam's new call, call, call sign <laughs> is KK7JRX. Congratulations, Adam. Congratulations. Rang, we rang the bell for you already. You can't get another yeah. one. Let's, uh, You're going to have to upgrade that if you want yeah. another bell. <laughs> the next email is titled... Love the new format. Oh, thank you. And this is for Mike. <laughs> One of the many Mikes. One apparently. of the Mikes. <laughs> One of the ham Mikes. My, Mike Army. <laughs> that's... See, that's kind One of. One day, Mike Army mm -hmm. and Don Army. Mm -hmm. Right. And what was the other army? Nick Army. <laughs> mm -hmm. They will either need to join forces or go to war. To take out the Jason Cabal. <laughs> You know what's funny about mics in ham radio? Everybody's got them. <laughs> so the mic army is actually very prolific. Yes. Uh, hi, Leia and Josh, I guess. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's, yes. Good. We're back Let's to bring that. This yes. Back. Bring it back. In 2023. <laughs> this is Mike, K8 MRD. A.K.A. K-Murder. Is it really? A.K.A. It's, volunteer, it's... podcast, co-producer, Emeritus. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, Mike. But, well done. Yes. Well done. I just wanted to write <laughs> you guys to let you know how much I've enjoyed the podcast. I've been catching up on the latest few episodes while building my battery boxes. The Big, Big Geek. Geek. It has taken several days for me to build a batch and your longer than any sane person should po podcast. That's in quotes. Regardless of how long it is. <laughs> podcast has kept me entertained as I spent countless hours at my workbench. Mike's making battery boxes? Making 
Artisan Big Geek Battery oh, Boxes. Man, he sold out for the holiday season. Wow. And he says he's, he's likely going to keep doing it. But yeah, it's uh, so he did basically like, I will show you the video. You will laugh your butt off. He made like a Billy Mays infomercial for his battery box. Amazing. And he's got the jump cuts and the B-roll. It is awesome. You absolutely have to have completely incompetent people in the beginning. That's oh must yeah. <laughs> Who try to do things in a way no one would ever try to do Mike, them. <laughs> I know you know this trope. You, like where the woman's holding the nail and she's trying to <laughs> tap a nail to the wall and she just swings at the wall like 25 miles an hour and then is surprised when the ha- like looks at the hammer like, how, uh, well, the why hammer, did you do why? this to me? <laughs> how, how dare you? <laughs> I don't know what there that looks like, Mike. There has to be an There has to way. be a better way. <laughs> Or the guy who's is literally that not has... in the infomercial. No, I don't think it is. But Mike, you're right. You're so Mike. right. Um, the, the one Janae. of my favorite, Janae. <laughs> Mike. One of my favorite ones is the guy who has a chip bowl. Right, he's about to sit down and watch some television. And I think he like dropped the remote or something like that, and he he moves too quickly and he knocks the chip bowl over. But the chip bowl, it's like a punch bowl. And it's full of like four bags of Cheetos puffs. The biggest and amount just of chips. Dumps them everywhere. And it's one Covers of my favorites. The floor. One of my favorites. There, there are so many memes of just of just taking those shots of people failing at life and stitching them together on YouTube. Oh man, I love those. I my forgot about those. I may have to watch. Missed that. opportunity. While I'm editing the podcast, I'm going to watch those those videos. <laughs> But since Kay murders here, I'm going to my Murderino story. <laughs> this is the tangent? Yeah. Because he emailed? Yeah. I don't, no. he don't think he's a Murderino. Kay murder is literally his call sign. <laughs> it's like a heavy metal murder. It's not okay, a Murderino well, Regardless. Murder. It's not a legitimate murder. I, I have to tell everybody this story. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So I often watch TV in vertical mode while it's on in the background of something I'm doing. I barely pay attention. Like you attention. take the TV and turn it vertically? No, on my phone. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and so... After our whole Echo uh, installation, <laughs> the Echo screen installation over Christmas, I want to be really sure. <laughs> that Echo screen needs to be vertical. I don't care. If you it's had it horizontal. Bracket. No, I don't care about the screen. It's the bracket. Everything's fine. And you're like, well, just turn the bracket on its side. It's like, no, dog. <laughs> We can't turn gravity on its side. <laughs> okay. So in the course of uh, me watching something on Hulu, and anybody who has used Hulu in vertical knows that uh, the screen is at the top, the suggested shows are below it. Much and as if YouTube. you so much as breathe upon your screen, it will go to a suggested video. Mm-hmm. So a drop of water, I guess, hits my my phone. A likely story, <laughs> but and I don't even know it has changed shows because I watch like all kinds of like Law and Order type shows, whatever. But I don't... then the Dateline guy starts going, but then she was murdered. <laughs> oh, well, I look up and I see it's this. Indian guy working at a gas station and he's in the process of checking the expiration dates on sandwiches in the cooler. Like, is this a CCTV footage capture or is this no, a reenactment? No, 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 no. It's like a reenactment. Okay. Yeah. So proper dateline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so 
what was I watching? <laughs> right? Right. But then he gets robbed. Okay. And so now I'm in. I'm like, <laughs> something bad has happened in this. I need to know more. Okay. So it turns out that uh, this guy, over the course of working at a gas station for, I don't know how many years, in the late 70s, early 80s, has saved up $50,000, okay? Working at like $2 something an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay? And his boss calls him to his house wants to offer him a job as a general manager overseeing many gas stations and he goes well i've been meaning to talk to you i'm gonna quit and he's like well what are you gonna do and he's like well i've saved up you know fifty thousand dollars i have fifty thousand dollars and he's like how and he's like well i i have no uh social life to speak of i eat expired sandwiches that i bring home from the store nice (laughs) so i have no expenses really and i've saved every penny he's like well what are you gonna do with it that's enough money to buy a gas station right Mm -hmm. he's like i don't want to buy a gas station i want to open a backgammon club (laughs) because you know what people are knocking their doors down for (laughs) some hot backgammon action and i'm like oh no this is so tragic right and then it goes through this montage of the guy opening the backgammon club. It doesn't do well. Some promoter guy stumbles in, mm-hmm. right? And uh, he's with Dorothy Stratton. Okay. For and for anybody who doesn't know who that is, you have she to was explain, like a yeah. uh, a Playboy centerfold. I did right? not know this. And but one time a drop of water fell on Playboy <laughs> magazine, and it just happened to flip open. So then. They end up becoming partners because mm-hmm. he needs a promoter that he this guy promises to get him like celebrities in the door. Turns out the guy's a terrible promoter. <laughs> okay. But they then change the backgammon club into a number of different things just to get people in the door. Right. And one day they decide after a particularly failure, a large failure of a day, that they're going to go to a club. Okay. But instead of going to a straight club, they go to a gay club. Is it a club? It's, it's, it's a, a dance club. club. A dance club. Okay. But there's go-go dancers. Mm-hmm. And in the process, he sees, you know, women in the audience looking at this, getting very excited and realizes that's what he needs to Specifically do. Specifically straight women. Yes. They are. This is a gay club for gay individuals. Yes. But straight women are going there. Right. Because there are a lot of good looking uh-huh. gay dancers. males. Yeah. Yeah. That are go-go dancers. Yeah. So they're ripped, buff, whatever. Some of you already know where this is going. And then he realizes this is this is the niche <laughs> right. in which I need to f- a focus. This is this is what it is. And it is the founding of Chippendales. That is how Chippendales is founded. Which is now I'm confused mm-hmm. because is this going to be a show about the lives of the people who worked at Chippendales? Nope. The episode ends in the true story of the uh, the murder-suicide of Dorothy Stratton. So this is the murderino aspect. Right. Yeah. And then I am now perplexed. Is this a true story? So I go and look it up. Mm-hmm. The founder of Chippendales was an insane person. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> he was truly an Indian man. The all that other stuff was true. Mm-hmm. 
uh, the the involvement of Dorothy Stratton in his business mm-hmm. also true. Yes. So as his business gains massive popularity, copycats start opening up mm-hmm. in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. He sets their businesses on fire. Like <laughs> commits him personally. Arson. No, he he has like somebody okay. do it. But commits arson at least three or four times. Okay. <laughs> okay. And then he had brought in like a creative director, uh, choreographer guy mm-hmm. who in the end couldn't stand him. So decided to go to the East Coast to open Chippendales on the East Coast and then to go on tour. Right. And those things become just prolifically profitable. He's still affiliated with the Indian guy? Yes, because oh, the Indian guy he's using owns. The name. Yeah. yeah. And he's reaping like 50 percent doing nothing. On the West Coast. Sure. While this guy is building out the business on the East Coast and on tour. It's like the best kind of franchisee. Orders a hit on the guy out of jealousy. Wow. Even though he's making 50%. Right. Well, he also thinks that he's uh, he's not getting a full, the full amount so that the books are being cooked. But instead of just confirming. Confronting him. Instead of handling this rash, <laughs> he orders a hit on the guy. Successful hit. Oh, kills him. Like legit. Yes. It wasn't like a, a sting or anything. No, no. Which is just the dumbest thing you could do because he's literally running the only profitable arm left of your business. It's insane. And you're reaping 50% doing nothing. You're, regardless of uh, books cooked or not, yeah. you're still making money <laughs> off of it. Then right. there are a, a couple of other people, business associates, partners, orders three or four additional hits, okay? Mm-hmm. Which then whoever ended up being hired in the end goes, no, I'm going to the FBI. Okay. And he gets arrested mm-hmm. and, uh, and alives himself in prison. Okay. And I'm just like... All of this because of a drop of water on my phone. <laughs> I would have never known. The show is called Welcome to Chippendales, which to Does me not, could like, only go two ways. It's either right. like a Melrose Place of Chippendales <laughs> or it's a reality TV show. I would have never clicked on that. Never thought that it was yeah. a Dateline-esque oh reenactment murder, murder suicide yeah. story. And uh, I don't have very many murderinos in my life, so... I argue I'm a pretty big murderino. You were so caught up in the fact that I watched a show that was <laughs> titled "Welcome to Chippendale." Because, and there's, and, and don't don't take this the wrong way, but that's like, that feels a little like elementary murderino. Like you're not doing deep dives on serial killers and stuff like that. So I end up telling Helen about it because mm-hmm. she's the closest thing to a murderino I know. Right. Oh, okay. You keep. What, do you got to be a woman or something to be considered a murderino to you? Is that the... And then she tells me about the, I think it's like the Iowa slaying of uh, of four college students. Mm-hmm. But there were six roommates in the house. They And somebody came in and killed four of them, but left two of them alive. Okay. And there's no suspects. There's no... Nothing's happening <laughs> And this is intriguing to you. How is there no evidence? There's literally two people alive. <laughs> Dig deeper into this. <laughs> Maybe ask those guys. 
So for anyone that's actually interested in this kind of stuff where they actually do, you know, go into the history of some of this stuff, there is two fantastic podcasts. And I'm I'm literally going to draw a line on sex, okay? My Favorite Murder, hosted by two ladies. Mm-hmm. Great podcast. I listened to a crap load of it, particularly when I was still working in the building mm-hmm. and I had my iPod. Mm-hmm. I would load that thing up with My Favorite Murder. And uh, last podcast on the left. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I freaking love those guys. So funny, but yeah. still hits like hard-hitting topics yeah all the major serial killers they do multi-part episodes on we're talking hours right um jonestown ed gein um the the salem witch trials they even did like a four-part series on the origin of scientology amazing and there's like a lot of things some some stuff that's gone down Mm -hmm. right so i'm not saying this is for everybody but I think that the history of some of this stuff is for way more people than than they really expect. So if you're a dude listening to this, my favorite murder maybe not for you. I like it, but go check out last podcast on the left and just go through their rich and deep catalog and click on something you find interesting. They've got like Area Fifty One stuff too. Like, nice. So many good options. I love good conspiracy theories. I think, I think everybody listening so, for a long time knows I like a good conspiracy theory. So I have, on multiple occasions, have been playing Last Podcast on the Left in the car with you. And you I do not I absolutely do listen. You No. There's no way. There's Unless no I'm way. in the middle of something else. Like American Horror Story is based off of many different serial Yes. Movies. Yes. And... Every one of those in true form is actually more horrific than what you hear on American Horror Story. Yes, I have and, researched everything in American Horror Story when I watch it. But at all of those discussions, those deeper dives, those four plus hours, mm-hmm. all in these podcasts, they Amazing. talk about all this stuff. So this is all to say, Mike. So, so thanks, cannot, Mike. I don't know how we got to this. You cannot oh, no, call your fans murderinos. Okay. <laughs> is he you doing cannot, that? No. Oh. You murder cannot. rights <laughs> you can't say deadites deadites would be the but that's already army of darkness yeah so. you just gotta go murder rights no i don't think that just sounds like the last rights you give to somebody before <laughs> they, they get unalive. <laughs> and also this is ham radio so it's yeah like, you know. <laughs> so you know just fyi if you murder wanted Rose. to if you wanted to address your viewers in a certain way murderinos is probably not the (laughs) yeah so mike continues i was also going to say probably don't use the word uh podophiles (laughs) probably also not what you should use (laughs) if you were thinking about (laughs) that was bouncing around (laughs) (laughs) all right Uh, hey, at least I really <laughs> encapsulated this story pretty quickly. You did. Yeah, yeah you did a fantastic job. <laughs> Brevity is the soul of wit. Excellent. Well, Mike <laughs> says, I'm really enjoying the new shorter format. <laughs> shorter in quotes, yeah. That's the other reason I had to tangent during his, mm-hmm. <laughs> during his email. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> That's... And I like that you're getting to the topic in a more reasonable time frame. 
Though I do still enjoy listening to the off the wall subjects you guys get on during emails. Well, you can Glad. still listen. <laughs> Glad to see the Ham Radio Minute back as well, because we all know it's never a minute. It's never a minute. Anyway, that's all I got. Have a great new year. Happy New Year to you. Seventy three PS Satan says hi too. Aww. Satan is uh Mike's cat. Okay. Cat. A black cat. <laughs> yes. And he's got a picture that of uh Satan saying, I love HRCC. Oh that's, that's a good looking You have to cat. send me that. You have to yeah. send me that email. I'll put it on the meme roll. That's very cute. And uh that's my K8 MRD radio stuff. Uh he obviously has his YouTube channel. Very Mike's been killing it, man. Yeah. That uh so Nathan sent that email, I think, completely Yeah, independent. Unrelated. Uh-huh. And I was talking to Mike. So Mike, uh, he goes live 3 p.m. Central Time. Okay. Which one would argue, hmm, who's going to watch that? But he's had like 200 plus people watching him. Nice. Yeah, so which is fantastic, which I, I you know, in case I didn't convey it in our text message, Mike, that's, that's based on you. Yes. People want to watch mike mike is a is a fantastically entertaining person so that yeah. that's uh that's all you buddy you're doing a great job and his channel is k8 mrd radio stuff indeed it is. and i'll drop that link in the show notes appreciate it appreciate <laughs> the next email is titled podcasting 2.0 and this is from chris hi land josh you guys should reach out to Adam Curry, K5ACC, sometime. Oh, my goodness. He used to be the long-haired guy who hosted Headbangers Ball on yep. MTV back in the 80s. He's now hosting the No Agenda show and also working on this thing called Podcasting 2.0. The idea is to free people from Apple, Spotify, Podbean, Cage and let folks pay directly uh directly pay content creators he would be great for josh's channel <coughs> that that's awesome i was also interviewed last week by my local homeschooling group colby academy about using ham radio in the homeschool and saint maximilian colby the patron saint of ham radio operators yes and there is a link to this mm -hmm. i will uh drop that in the show notes so everybody can hear this fantastic uh interview chris signs off merry christmas and happy new year oh he didn't chris mention the most, k3 dcr he didn't mention the most interesting part about that adam curry reference adam curry is a ham that's what he said oh he did was it right in the k5 beginning? acc oh i totally missed it then i'm sorry uh so there has been talks with adam curry yes nice let's just leave it at that all right we will leave it at that well, thank you so much for and I, the suggestion that I do is already in the works. I do occasionally listen to No Agenda. Uh, they can be a bit kooky. Mysterious and spooky? <laughs> uh, yeah, very much so. It, you, you should probably listen to it. I don't know that you've heard them before. Okay. Because he, he's I mean, on with uh, John C. Dvorak. Do you know who that is? Mm-hmm. Do you? Mm-mm. Oh, okay. Uh, he's a tech guy. All right. And it, it's it's pretty interesting. The tan They also tangent pretty hard. Uh, and for the next email, we've got a merch idea from B. Murphy, mm -hmm. Leia and or Josh. This randomly popped in my head while listening to the podcast. Thought it would be a funny shirt. Patent pending. Kidding. 73, B. Murphy, K5, UDO. And the picture is, at the top says HRCC podcast, living in the weeds. And oh. it has a picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, 
He's <laughs> of a uh, podcasting setup, and then a field of weeds, and this guy get it jumping headfirst into it, going, "Hold on, I don't want to get in the weeds on this." <laughs> Literally, the podcast, which is hilarious. And if we make your design, you will get one for free, which hasn't happened in a while. Yeah. So, <laughs> so apologies. <laughs> 2023. Whose fault is that? Is it ours or is it yours? <laughs> it's mainly ours. I mean, it's mainly mine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I will take radical responsibility for this. <laughs> Thank you so much. Oh, I'm I'm looking at the list. The 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 one that like <laughs> the one that's still really funny to me. Is the SWAT team that's stacked up on a door, like they're about to enter, mm-hmm. and they throw in a bow fang, and it says, fang out. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of funny to me. I got a whole list here. We, we we definitely have a list of all your great ideas, so thank you. Oh, so it's actually Josh's fault. <laughs> no, I, I still have the, you know, I occasionally will work on a shirt. There you the go. long mentioned shirt that I need to just get done with yeah instead you're like drawing different eyeballs onto your pictures I don't know. <laughs> mm. all right the next email reads there is some ham radio in this email which is a strong attempt at getting read always a good sign yeah <laughs> and this is from max hey josh and leah I have had a lot of stuff happen since my last email. So first, I got my first install of Linux working. And for anyone who is scared to try to do it, it is not hard. And I'm 12 years old. If I can, you can. Well done. 12 years old. I got to tell Ben. He's like just a few years away from needing to install Linux on something. You know what I mean? (laughs) Have you considered loading Linux on this? (laughs) Second, I got FT8 working on my ICOM IC700. <coughs> awesome. You're making strides, Max. Third, I am about four months until I'm 13, so I will be able to join the HRCC Discords. I'm so excited to join. You will be welcomed. Um, that We've had some youngsters, and I, youngster is probably the wrong word here, that have joined us and... I feel that we do a pretty good job of clearly defining where something is not safe for work. And you know, mm-hmm. we, we mention that and we have a pop up that says, hey, you know, whatever. Uh, we are not limiting younger people from joining the Discord server. Discord puts that in the terms of service. Mm-hmm. And so if Discord were to somehow figure out that there were young people that we knew about that were in the Discord we could lose the entire server, which so we don't we don't play around with that. And it's right. nothing to do with you. Obviously, you're welcomed. It's and a, obviously it's a, a genius. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, literally, if you're if you're playing around with Linux, um, even at any age, you know, hey, appreciate. But if you're like 12 years old, that's respect to you. Yeah. Lastly, I have no clue what logger to use. So if you have any advice, I would appreciate it. Um. I think the one that a lot of people use, well, the right the right answer for this is if you haven't already, go check out the um, scripts that KM4ACK puts together for Linux, particularly for the Raspberry Pi, but he has them for other devices as well. I think log for OM is what they use, uh, Linux logging software. Okay. What? 
Well, what do you typically use? <clears throat> On Linux, I don't. CQR log, um, that's another one. K log is on Linux. Y you're gonna probably end up using it more than I am. Mm. So, uh, oddly enough, okay. This is um, this is an answer that goes beyond Linux. I'll just say it really quick. A logger is actually a personal preference. Mm. My feelings on loggers are colored by what I'm looking to do. And what I enjoy. Mm -hmm. I can't speak for you. And the best thing about a lot of these softwares is they're completely free. And so you can just try them out and then you'll know what you think is the best. That's what I would say. All right. Yeah. We'll hope that helps, Max. Max signs off. 12-year-old ham out. 73. P.S. I'm going for my general class in January. Ooh. P P S S. Thanks for all the content, Josh. Okay, seventy three for real this time. Thank you. Seventy three. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Max. Fantastic. I hope uh, that was very inspiring to many people. Best of luck. And I mean, God, you know, we. I used to just be able to tell people, Hey, go on Amazon, buy yourself a Raspberry Pi. They're like thirty, forty bucks. Not anymore. Not anymore. That was that was the gateway to Linux. That was the easy way to say you want to play with Linux. Here's a single board computer. The operating system is literally on SD card. You can't, if you break this, you just reflash the SD card and you start all over with no pain, no fuss, no muss. It's it's really hard to do that nowadays. And so um, there are other options, but I am not the best one to speak on any of them in the cheap Linux space right now. Or just get all an right. old laptop and load Linux on it. All right. Well, the next email is titled 33 Hours Without Power and Water. Uh -oh. And this is from Josh. Uh -oh. Not you, Josh. Josh from Wisconsin. Okay. Greetings, Josh and Leia. This is Josh KD9 VJS. Hope you're enjoying this wonderful Christmas season. Thank you. We have. We, Thank we you. We hope you did too. I live in West Central Wisconsin near the Ode. Claire area pronounced Eau Claire. Oh, why did I say Oda? It's Eau Claire. <laughs> I put in a duh just because <laughs> that's you got that Oda Claire. <laughs> pronounced an Oda. Eau Claire for Leia. Now I work second shift, so I start at three in the afternoon. That was not an you... attempt at a Wisconsin accent. Yeah, exactly. An accent. <laughs> So I start at three in the afternoon and usually get home around three in the morning. Ooh. Over the last few years, we've had a lot of snow and cold. Last week, we found a foot of heavy, wet snow and wind. Trees all over were falling over and power was going out everywhere. I thought, man, I'm glad we still have power. See, that's a knock on wood situation. Yeah, that's a... That's... <laughs> well, I got home from work and thought something seemed off. Literally. But I couldn't quite place what. Then I went to turn on the lights and nothing. It wasn't too cold at this point, around 30-ish for the high of the day, but the lows were around zero. We've been without power before, and it usually comes back after a few hours. But this time it didn't. We have a gas furnace, which most people I talk to don't realize needs electricity uh, to run, needless to say. The fan. It started getting cold. The power went out very early Wednesday morning, and by Friday afternoon when it came back on, the house was down about 40 degrees. Thankfully, we have a gas fireplace, so that kept the house from freezing. 
Now, the other downside to living in the country 15 minutes from town is we have well water, which needs, you guessed it, electricity. Or the pump. Oh, this is brutal. We have 30-ish gallon pressure tanks, so we had some water, but not much for a family of four. By Friday, we were out of water, so we were all quite happy to be warm and clean again after a few days. I guess the moral of the story is, just because you bought that generator a few years ago, run it once a year, and think you are prepared, you're wrong. We had no way to use our generator, no transfer switch or anything. I I was just going to mention a transfer switch. Anyway, Thank you for mentioning that. This past week, we've had highs of negative three during the day the and high? lows of negative 18 with 40 to 50 and mile per the, hour winds. The solar vortex. Certainly cold enough. I'm studying for my extra, hoping to get it before hamcation. Oh, man. You know what? That is so cold. I literally felt chills. Yeah. I... Yeah, I I want to take a minute. The transfer switch like takes your house off the grid, and sometimes it's accompanied by an exterior plug that you can mm. plug a generator into. Mm. Because now imagine, if you will, uh, highs negative three. Negative three. Are you going to run an extension cord through a window? Or through your sliding glass door to plug your uh, generator into your outlets. The weather's trying to kill you out there. No. A transfer switch's job is to isolate your home from the grid. Because, and and here's here's the fun thing about electricity. If your breaker's on and, and open and you plug a generator into your home, you're putting your power on the grid. You're now the power station. Oh. And if you got a line worker outside trying to fix a problem and you hook the generator up to it and he thinks the line's dead fried you fried your electrician on the on the wire so everybody do the right thing if you have to run a generator and you don't have a transfer switch you need to plug in directly to the appliances you want to run and that could be a furnace but keep in mind those are power sources that are probably disparately located than your refrigerator right right and all that stuff if you want to get your house If you want to be able to plug in a generator into your home, you need a transfer switch because then you can power the grid that is, quote unquote, your home, right, Mm -hmm. and separate it from the actual power service grid. Right. Would that that prevent power surges, too, as they're trying to repair the lines? Mm, Yeah, because you'd be wholly disconnected. Yeah. 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 That's in part what that power wall thing does, the Ford thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have to sell me on it. Your birthday present is that I'm going to be nothing but happy for what you're doing. <laughs> I'm not trying to sell you. I'm just I'm using that as an example. Well, uh, as Josh said, I'm studying for my extra, hoping to get it before hamcation. Well, good luck with your extra. I good believe luck. that you will be able to get it before hamcation. I live on 39 acres of flat, treeless hayfield, so wire antennas are a bit of a struggle to get up high. I'm thinking of getting a DX Commander since I have plenty of room and no trees. Well, we do have trees, but the tallest one is like 14 feet. I'm in a bit of a valley, but I think it should be fine. Mm. I do have an MFJ 1917 mast and a 20-meter, 40-meter pack antenna. 
but alas, no HF radio due to funds. Hoping to get the FTDX10 next year, but we'll have to see. I still need all the necessary accoutrements. Mm. Anywho, best wishes to you and the family, praying you all have a safe and happy holiday season. From Josh from Wisconsin, KD9VJS. Hey, Josh. All right. Well, thank you for the email. Appreciate that. The only downside, and this isn't a downside, this is just a characteristic of a vertical antenna is that they have a lower takeoff angle. And so if you're if you're putting out a lot of RF energy at a low angle, it could be hitting that valley and getting absorbed to some degree, mm. right? And you get some weird reflections and all that stuff are just, just totally absorbed. So I wouldn't I wouldn't put away the Pactenna. Um, that mast you have, you might even consider just building yourself a simple dipole, uh, maybe two bands, 4020 or 2010, something like that, doing a fan dipole configuration. And and that's a good secondary antenna, backup antenna, et cetera, that you may be able to set up. But yes, I would try a DX Commander. It, I, you said you're in a bit of a valley. Again, word choices are very important. If you're like <laughs> very deep in the basin of a valley, you kind of have to tell me how high up the mountains are to get an idea of you know how effective that's all going to be. Okay. Well, yep. Josh, I hope you stay warm. Please. Good luck with your extra. <laughs> yes. And uh, good luck with saving for that FTDX10. Indeed. All right. The next email is titled Cold Snap and SSTV. And this is from our resident uh, cheese purveyor, mm -hmm. Adam. Okay. Mm -hmm. Josh and Leia, hope all is well down there in SoCal. It, I mean, it's warm. I'm feeling real bad for everybody who has been through this terrible cold snap. Yeah, it's like 55 degrees outside right now. I saw the stuff that was happening in Seattle. Whew. Yeah. Slipping and a sliding. Oh, yeah. Seattle, the bars and the people just all. Yeah, because there's, you know, there's hills and stuff through the streets. They are. They have hills. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Made it through the cold snap here in eastern Washington, have a little over two feet of snow on the ground now, and it got down to negative 10. That is, yeah. That okay. is cold. Bad thing is my house furnace can only take it to 50 degrees above outside temperature. <gasps> oh my God. That might be a home insulation problem. I am cold for you. Luckily, I was able to see this on the front end and went to our local hardware store and picked up a Mr. Heater Big Buddy oh, yeah. indoor safe model. Made sure of that. Attached that to a 20-pound propane tank and was nice and toasty inside, although I went through a few of them. Plus, I had Flash to keep me warm when she was in the mood for it. <laughs> I've attached a couple of pictures of her moods I have discovered. And oh my gosh, Flash is so cute. So what a cutie dog. I have had some time over my Christmas break from my school from school in my ham shack, partially because of the break and partially because shoveling off my roof. I lit the fuse on my sciatic nerve and got oh, no. an extended Christmas break because I couldn't walk to get to my truck to drive to work. Oh, sciatic pain is terrible. I'm yeah. so sorry. 
I have kind of rediscovered SSTV. Mm-hmm. Build a Pie has a program called QSSTV. I got it all up and running and have gotten some cool images over the air. Do you have a preferred program for SSTV on Windows? This one is fine and function, and I appreciate the work Jason K4 um, ACK, KM for ACK has done on the build a pie greatly, but I have my radio hooked up to both my pie and my windows machine with a USB switch and just like to keep my options open in case my SD card decides it doesn't like life anymore. <laughs> yeah. Keep a couple SD cards. No, the pies and SD cards can, it's gotten better, but yeah, the, the windows kind of ham de jour app is going to be MMSSTV, Mary Mary SSTV. Okay. It's been around forever, though. It's old as dirt. Uh, <laughs> they talk about it's compatible with Windows XP, Vista, and Windows 7 on the website. So just an FYI, it's pretty old. Okay. <laughs> you can also do Ham Radio Deluxe. Ham Radio Deluxe has a built-in SSTV function, which I, I feel works pretty well for what you're trying to do. But MMSSTV has been around for a while and does what you needed to do okay well hope that helped adam apologies i meant to get you some more coog cheese in the mail the other week after i heard it mentioned on the podcast again but the back just didn't allow it oh man adam please you're not obligated to do anything you're back yeah but on a fun note i had a really good christmas in terms of gifts like josh just nailed it on a bunch of stuff and then everybody else got me things that i really wanted my brother mm-hmm. bought oh. me a wheel of Reggianito cheese, which is essentially like uh, Argentina's version of Parmesan Reggian- uh, Reggiano. Oh, really? And I, uh, your dad has one year bought me a cheese wheel. Yes. Which we use to the fullest advantage. I All the pasta. He, I don't think he understood what we do with it. Because well, he, he's going to be here for a while, so he's gonna he's, he's gonna get some. He saw cheese another wheel cheese, cheese wheel, and he was like, "Another one? Like, what are you doing with this? What like, did he think we did with the first I think one? He just thought we cracked it open and ate it. Like, I don't think he knew, I don't think he experienced what you do with it. Uh, yeah. So, but he thought we'd still have some of the cheese wheel that he gave us over five years ago. <laughs> I don't know. No, I, I mean, I don't think it was like so. Like another but, cheese wheel. I mean, it's it's well. not something that lasts forever when you use it the way you use it. And ultimately, I mean, it doesn't last forever anyway. Once no, you crack it course, open, it's a lifespan. But you've got okay. We should probably stop dancing around it. You literally like crack open a side of it. Yeah. Shave off a side. The top. What is the top? The top is wheel? the side that is opposite of the bottom. Is it actually a top and bottom, or they just can yes. either be top or bottom? They get whichever flipped. one. They get is, flipped when they're eight. Whichever one is facing me. <laughs> <laughs> when you say a side, that's a cheese wheel has two sides. Either side could be the top, as far as your purpose. You take a side, open it. I would up. consider a side like one of the curved edges. Uh, <laughs> that's like the that's top. like if I walked up to you and showed you a picture of a circle and said, "Point to the corner." Point to the side of the circle. Like, it's, it's all but it's a, a side. it's a 3D. There is a flat side to a cheese wheel. There's two flat sides. Yes. One of those, or both, could be the top. Well, situationally. One, one can't be the top if 
It's on the bottom. <laughs> yeah, I understand, but there isn't. Again, phrasing and words are important. The cheese wheel doesn't have a stamp that says top. It doesn't sure. care. The okay. cheese wheel doesn't care. It's not like this side up on a box. Do you think the cheese wheel has feelings? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. It has thoughts? <laughs> You're giving me pause on this cheese wheel situation. The point is, is if you take the wax seal, the coating, the, the shell, mm -hmm. the rind. You turn it into a bowl. You turn it into a bowl. Yeah. And if you throw hot pasta in there and some high alcohol content booze and mm -hmm. light that on fire. Cheese melts. The cheese melts. And you Makes can, a sauce. You can literally make a cheese sauce in the cheese wheel. Yeah, it's magic. And it actually is not something that you like, you do it one time and you're like, well, that's it. Throw it out. Oh, no. No, it, it actually will stay for quite a while. And then I, think I might do it for New Year's. And then when you're like, when you're kind of over it or you're like, whatever, then you can just chip away the bowl-ish parts. And then the whole bottom of the cheese wheel is still good. Yeah. You just chop that up and use it as mm -hmm. as cheese. Just eat it. Just eat it. <laughs> as your dad thought we were as, doing. Well, like, yeah. You guys are eating way too much this cheese. This is way too much cheese. <laughs> what is happening? For a small family. <laughs> well, Adam signs off. Oh, wait. Did I say? Oh, his back didn't allow it. Look for a care package here soon. No, seriously, Adam, please rest. No pressure, yeah, bud. Yeah, exactly. We, we appreciate you. We yeah. just happy you're okay. We, 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 oh, we friggin' love that cheese, though. I'm just well, <laughs> I'm, kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. And Adam signs off. 73, Adam, WA7CUG, go Cougs. We sound like, uh, we sound like humanoid rats. <laughs> when we talk about cheese oh Send look at cheese. this puppers look at that that's a <laughs> oh my god is that a basset hound <laughs> it's a good looking dog that's what i know love it thank you so much adam really hope your back gets better it, back pain is just the worst dude back pain is so debilitating yeah and your back's just like i don't know maybe it's almost Maybe like you're just off work for this whole week. It's almost like it's like the backbone of your body. It, and like, <laughs> it's not your backbone. It's the nerves and the muscles that cause the problem. No, it's like the backbone of your. I, okay. Like very important. It's like. It's very important. <laughs> like when I have a cold, I'm not happy yes. that I'm at home, mm -hmm. but I'm still like able to do things. Yeah. Able to do the living. Mm hmm. When you have like a proper back problem, you're mm -hmm. done. Like you are out of commission. Yes. Yeah. No, no good. All right. Well, the next email is titled Red Beer, which is one of my favorites. So this is from Lynn. Mm -hmm. My ham adventure begins. I received my call in July of 2021. I upgraded to general a few months ago. Congratulations, Lynn. I'm now KO4RRO, which I think is a good call. KK4. KO4. KO4RRO. That's almost like it's a little, Zorro. It's Koro. It's not it's not bad Legend and you, and of you won't Koro. and you won't <laughs> 
And what's what's kind of good about it is you're probably not going to run into people that don't copy the call sign correctly because O's are very pronounced, R's mm-hmm. are very pronounced, uh, K is obviously very pronounced. Mm-hmm. The only thing is it's a little long from a CW weight point of view, but it's, mm. it's not that big a deal. Mm-hmm. So Lynn continues, my current QTH is in Florida. Okay. With my technician license, I made most of my contacts on 10 meters with a dipole strung up in a tree. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> However, I recently moved into a smaller apartment, so I haven't been able to use my general privileges yet. No. I'm originally from South Dakota, so I realize how the cold goes. I was on a volunteer fire department back home, and the cold is a big factor when it pertains to the fire ground. A short story that myself and my good buddy have is we were on a fire and we got soaked in water that made us walking snowmen. I believe it was only about zero to negative 10 or so Fahrenheit, if uh, if I recall right. It was all good because our bunker gear is a very good insulator until we went back to the truck to swap out our SCBA self-contained breathing apparatus tanks. I pull my SCBA mask to get water and to get a new air tank. However, my buddy doesn't have his mask off yet, and our guys just start swapping out our tanks. When they closed the air valve for my buddy, his eyes got big, and I saw his mask suck to his face. They had shut off his air. Little did I know his SCBA mask was frozen to his face. (gasps) I ran over and helped him pull his frozen gear off. It's little things like that that make the job so much harder in the cold. We laugh about it now. Thank goodness he's okay. That's called a face sucker. But between him and I, we learn to take the environment into consideration when we size up a situation. There's just so many things that being in proper cold make so much harder. I mean, you're literally changing the state that one of the most common elements in our... Water. Yeah. (laughs) Earth. Air. Makes you feel like Korra should have been more powerful, you know? And then the polar vortex attack. (laughs) <laughs> I, I mean they really played up fire nation my, my my big problem is always the dexterity i have in my hands how funny is it that lynn's call sign mm-hmm. is basically coro oh. like legend of cora yeah yeah i don't want to go on a tangent but man those series very good so series. good the every Last time Avatar. it's on but both of them oh the last airbender it like avatar I, the last airbender yeah. i i the the fact that the fact that legend of Korra is as good it as it is while being, being sequel. almost being a but it's like it's its own thing yes it's in the world but it's not just a continuation of the first one right it is its own very interesting story great arc fantastic kid friendly super kid friendly yeah great great series Air, uh the last airbenders is more young that was my uh that was my apple watch okay. more young kid friendly yes core is a bit older yeah yeah well lynn continues and lastly have you ever heard of a red beer yes well I, he we're uh, thinking red ale yes but he may be oh, talking about in the western part of south dakota it's not that strange 
the same friend and I mix Coors and Bloody Mary mix. Yeah. Throw in some olives, peppers, and celery. It's good. A Sodak Bloody Mary. Okay. I, I, I thought he Bay was going pigs. that round. I, I thought he was going that round. Uh, that's called a bloody beer, from my experience, where you use an American domestic and tomato juice bloody mm-hmm. beer. Bay of Pigs is Clamato and like Mexican beer, mm-hmm. Cuban-ish, Havana. We have it often, where we had it often was at the cigar place in Woody. Yeah. And then you have uh, Michelada. Yes. Which is a Mexican drink, which includes, uh, again, Clamato's back again. Yeah. Usually a Mexican beer, but a lot of other stuff go into a michelada usually. I do love Clamato. It's almost like a they took a Manhattan clam chowder and made it into a drink. It, it's not, <laughs> no. People get so freaked out when I mention what a michelada is. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, ham radio people, right? So like white dudes. And, and you start explaining it and you're like, no, no, it's actually like really good. Like you... You got to get yourself around this Ooh, clam. This is idea. what we should bring to the camp out. You know what I mean? Like you got to get uh, around this clam is bad idea. Like you're fine with V8. You're fine with tomato juice, most likely. Yeah. You for sure had a Bloody Mary sometime in your life. Yeah. And Clamato I think you're great with that... clam chowder. Yeah. <laughs> Clamato is not that far from like a V8 or anything like yes, that. that yeah. it's, it's not, it's, it's unapproachable. It's, it's totally fine. Yeah. Well, Lynn signs off. Godspeed from KO4RRO. Well, Lynn, I'm going to have to try a Sodak Bloody Mary. I do love olives, peppers, and celery as well. I mean, it's just a Bloody Mary with beer instead of... Mm -hmm. It's a light Bloody Mary. (laughs) You can... You can put some natty ice in there. It's a sessionable Bloody Mary. (laughs) (laughs) Sessionable Bloody Mary. Yes. That's what somebody's got to come up with a, uh, a sessionable Long Island iced tea. They <laughs> really got to come up with. Isn't that just some vodka and an Arnold Palmer? <laughs> I mean, I guess. All right, now it's time. It's the final email. The final email is titled U.S. Air Force Morse Ops of the 90s. What a, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. We talked, yeah, yeah. And this is from Mike. Hi, Josh and Leah. I hope that your Christmas went well and the rest of the holidays will too. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Merry Christmas and happy holidays to you. We had a good time here as my birthday is the week before Christmas. So two weeks of get togethers with friends was fun. And now it's time to get back to work for a while. Oh, man. That's uh, the Christmas babies. It's it's tough. Mm -hmm. It's like you get the one present for the two events. This is for your birthday and your Christmas. For that reason. Oh, my God. Our brother-in-law, the one that's married to uh, Josh's sister. He has a birthday that is in December. Ugh. And I always end up getting him like almost twice as many gifts. Right. To make up for. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because I. I We almost never see him for his birthday. Talk about like first world problems, first of all. But at the same time, yeah, it is nice that people actually make a 
yeah. you know, an effort to be separate because I, we don't see him on his birthday yeah. generally. It's too busy in yeah. December. Yeah. Uh, but I don't, he doesn't actually like making a big deal of his birthday no, either. No, he's, he's real chill. Uh, but I sometimes wonder if your sister wonders why her husband gets so many why more gifts. Why is he like Edison? Yeah. He's got an internal Edison monologue. <laughs> why is my husband getting more gifts than me? <laughs> I'm his sister. <laughs> I do try to make sure your sister gets three gifts. So there's always one from each kid and then one from the both of us. Man. Yeah. You do a lot, Leah. I, I really, really do. I really do thank you for I am Santa. All you do. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am our house's Santa. Yes. I, and I'm assuming mothers across the, the country slash world yeah. are also feeling that way. I, you know, as identified in the SNL skit. Whenever I see a family, I'm like, oh, how was Christmas? And the kid always tells me excitedly about how great their Christmas was. And then I look at mom and I was like, how was mom's Christmas? <laughs> I did the thing that I think secretly you've always wanted. Mm -hmm. Stuff the stocking. You got me miracle berries, which is the most amazing. Well, that was on your wish list. Yes. Right. Uh -huh. But there was other things that I was just like, when... So every time I actually had to go into a Target, yes. I would just buy you junk. Junk is I the wrong word. It. Junk I is the wrong like word. But I just, I just went. So for all the guys, everybody knows that you go into a Target or a Walmart or whatever, there's an aisle that's just like travel stuff, right? Yeah. A couple of use shampoos, deodorants, whatever. They used to be given away for free as samples. But you, but you know what I'm saying, right? Buy them. But you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like when you're on travel or whatever, you go to that aisle to get a toothbrush mm -hmm. and a travel toothpaste or whatever. Well, hear me out. Target has that same kind of thing. It's not an aisle. It's usually a little floating islandy thing mm -hmm. in the middle that's just full of junk like that for ladies. <laughs> so, you could use it too. Have you ever Again, thought I'm about the volume you I'm would not get from dry right shampoo? I'm not, I'm not talking to you. Oh, sorry. I'm talking to the, guy, the fellas okay. here. So, fellas, when you go to Target, you could just go to that island and you could buy a thing and just give it to your generally female, I'm guessing, significant other. And they'll be floored. Further, they often have like a buy two, get one free, mm. which three is like the magic number for little gifts like that. Mm-hmm. So holiday season, it is very likely that your wife, I'm guessing, again, I'm, I'm making a generalization. Well, but also looking at the numbers, right? We're talking about moms who end up being Santa, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Cover your kids' ears, that whole thing. Uh, stockings are stuffed for everyone but them. <laughs> Yes. Right. So that target thing is the is the pro tip. Just go there, buy a bunch of stuff. You don't even have to. I mean, try to know something about this person you're buying for. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Don't don't be buying like radically out of control colors that they would never wear. Mm -hmm, <laughs> like, mm -hmm. I think neon green uh, lipstick. Mm. Let's do that. You know, mm. okay. not for me. No, right. For somebody else, maybe. Yeah, but for you, like, know the person that you're buying stuff for. Sure. Sure. Yeah, yeah, the dry shampoo thing I don't fully understand. Is that just because you don't want to wash your hair like every day? Yeah. Yeah. There's a hair cycle. Yeah, dudes don't have that. It's like you have like freshly washed hair that you style, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then 
the next day if you're so lucky your hair is not greasy but for me i have like pretty thin hair Mm -hmm. like my strands are thin so they get weighed down really easily so you dry shampoo it and then you dry shampoo it until bun day comes where (laughs) no amount of dry shampoo is going to help you (laughs) so it's an updo day yeah exactly and then you wash and that gets you to the point where you're only washing like twice a week maybe. Mm-hmm. so here here's the guy's uh regimen we we take our uh two in one i take it back three in one oh. body wash shampoo conditioner combo wow slather our entire bodies with it just head to toe maybe give it 15 seconds to do its <laughs> job and then wash that off completely um i do actually have a, a conditioner whatever it is you buy yeah. So <laughs> you I mean, shamp- I have a conditioner. You have I, nothing. <laughs> I shampoo. Yeah, like I. Like, what is this? Uh, thin Asian hair shampoo and conditioner. <laughs> Sounds good. Sure. Throw it in there. We're all good. Uh, that that's all I do. Shampoo and con- I do I do try and condition every day though because when I do when I wash my hair it gets just super dry if I don't use. It that's because you're washing every day. That's the shampoo strips your hair. Yeah, because I, I put product in there. Okay. All right. It just, it doesn't. I mean, the product like is that. leave-in conditioner. <laughs> Let's just say I'm well-conditioned. In your fitness regimen, that's not what that means. <laughs> Conditioning is like cardio. <laughs> just so you know. Just doing... I don't even know what that looks like for hair. My hair do a lot of laps. <laughs> no, I mean. My sc- I do scalp push Your doctor told you you needed to do more conditioning <laughs> and you put conditioner in your hair. I do scalp squat thrusts <laughs> for, for good scalp cardio. All right. Well, Mike says we had a good time uh, since it was his birthday week. And uh, he's back to work. First things first, yesterday, Tuesday, December 27th, I finally got around to making my first phone QSO on 10 meters. There's really no excuse for having waited this long, except that I am currently using G5 RV Junior dipole hung from a tree branch in my front yard. So anytime there is weather, the antenna comes down. <laughs> that's that's That the is very now. specifically that's... <laughs> weather is bringing down. <laughs> but in fact, no, Phrasing Mike in terms. Is, yeah. Yes, Mike. Yes, good. Thank you for the clarification. And sometimes I don't get around to putting it back up for weeks or even months at a time since I'm out on the road a lot and my schedule can be chaotic and Absolutely. unpredictable sometimes. Sure. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yesterday the antenna was up and I was spinning through the band when I heard VE7TT calling CQ on 28.412 megahertz. I set the power on my Yesu 857D to 100 watts and answered him. To my surprise, Tony in Vancouver, BC, heard my call, and we had a good QSO that lasted several minutes. Mm. There were others responding to his CQ, so we said 73, and he carried on. Awesome. So let me see. That you are in where, and you got out to Vancouver. I have no idea. Oh, Chloe has thoughts. Yeah. I, I don't think that he's from there. Right. Yeah. No. Okay. Uh, it's from Wales. It's. 
It's really something that my truly poor antenna setup got through to Vancouver, which is a distance of 2,984 kilometers or 1,854 miles. Speaking of Chloe, we went to Knott's Berry Farm today. And while I was walking over to the ride you guys were at, mm-hmm. somebody stopped me. Mm-hmm. Said, hey, you're the ham radio guy. <laughs> and I gave him a sticker and we talked for a little while. But then um, while, while I was meeting all of Edison's friends, yeah. some of the siblings were there. Uh-huh. And one of the siblings, a girl goes, my name's Chloe. And I held back <laughs> the instantaneous response of, that's my dog's name. <laughs> oh, sweet girl. That's a good Chloe. That's a good girl. You pull some dog treats out of your pocket. Paw? Paw? <laughs> That's a... Uh, was he somebody who was just visiting the park or were you... Was he working there or... What was the... It was Snoopy. <laughs> it was... It's a big fan. Like what? He, what he just he just gotten out of Snoopy on Ice. Yeah. He's like... <laughs> just, <laughs> felt ass over tea kettle to come talk to me. It was Linus. <laughs> Linus would be a ham. Yeah, I think we. I always have my blankie when I'm. I think trying we to determine that uh, Marcy is Asian. Oh, that was. Yeah. I thought Lucy was no, also Asian, Lucy but she's like Asian. ABG Asian. For anybody who doesn't know what ABG is, there's a trope out here in California called Asian baby girl. <laughs> it's, and it's not what you think. It's not like this. It's a high attitude, <laughs> like gangster type Asian girl. That's so you were ABG like the, the, the prototypical ABG coming up <laughs> just... in the mean streets of La Mirada? <laughs> yeah and that was like a year when i was nine or something <laughs> that was that was you growing up on the streets it's, it's coming up in socal but it's just like lots of attitude which is like lucy she was like kind of a bully <laughs> just full of sass yeah she's at the 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 booth that she runs the complaints booth or yeah comments where mm-hmm. she just complains at you yeah <laughs> and you give her money yes yes uh she was always picking on charlie brown the football lucy's the football mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh no so peppermint patty i'll leave out what everybody thinks peppermint patty is <laughs> fair um but it was marcy sure i was like no marcy's yeah the potential asian <laughs> I, I don't think any of them are asian i don't know charles schultz when he was writing this stuff down he was like and this is the asian the Peanuts and Snoopy and Woodstock are a very big deal in Asia. Like, Taiwan loves Snoopy. Yes. Yeah. So what? maybe kick back a little bit on what you think Charles Schultz does or does not. <laughs> Charles Schultz was a World War II veteran. Yeah. I don't know that he's like... Oh, they're all supposed to be racist against Asians? Come on. No, I didn't. Taiwan. I'm not, Taiwan's fine. I'm not implying that he was racist against Asians. I'm just saying that that probably wasn't front of mind that I need to have an Asian he representative. He drew Franklin. Yeah, because there are black people. Well, there's the, there's Asian people in the There's US. also Latin people. Well, we haven't that, determined that Peppermint Patty isn't. <laughs> I mean, Lucy could also be. She's like, uh, she'd be like Spanish descent because she's very pale. And she's like a ginger. Uh, that's fine. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad we 
crack the nut on this one. Yeah, I think you're right. Marcy, Marcy's Asian. Yeah. Lucy could go a number of different ways. Lucy's a Karen. <laughs> We've already determined that. You're saying that she's the first Karen. Then why didn't we just call them all Lucy's? We did. We, we did at one point. And then there was a woman who goes <laughs> right. by the name of Karen. She lives down the street <laughs> where we had to redo everything we do about what we what we had called that woman before. Oh, uh, you to know To be what? just Karen. Before I forget, if anybody knows of a uh, a way to make an inflatable asteroid that can fall down from our our roof. I don't need onto... it to fall. I just need it to look like it's falling and yeah. if it's possible that we could do. So what I was thinking Like flames? Like not yeah. real flames. Like a but... tail that was like red or something yeah, like that. Yeah. But okay. what I think would be cool, and I think this is possible, <laughs> that you have, it's either like a flat disc or an actual like ball that's like yeah. gray. Mm -hmm. But then you use the lights to like impart motion. Like the lights, you know, like go from top to bottom and it looks like it's rotating. So this Christmas, <laughs> I went out Leia and I bought... <laughs> Every animal inflatable for Christmas, like Christmas themed animal inflatable, that makes no sense. <laughs> like, but uh, but ironically, as we looked over the menagerie that you collected, yes, all of them were like prehistoric in origin. Almost all of them. Well, I mean, all I guess animals are. But I got no, no, no. I'm talking like can draw back a lineage mm, to mm -hmm. the dinosaurs days. Like you have multiple dinosaurs. Yes. You have a shark. Yes. Which we know has it, existed. It really started with my Christmas rooster. And and we have an <laughs> alligator, which also harkens yes. back, has changed very little. But I also have a Christmas walrus. A uh, Christmas walrus. A Christmas, Christmas turtle. chicken. No, that's a rooster. Rooster. Let's be very clear. A, uh, a Christmas turtle. I've got an herbivore dinosaur. Yes. And a carnivore dinosaur. Mm -hmm. The Mediasaurus. So what I need is a meteor. Yes. That's headed towards them, and I'm going to tilt them. <laughs> and so they're looking at the meteor? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Just... my goodness. And then to add narrative, you found an inflatable rocket ship. Yes. <laughs> that is blasting off with Santa in it. Yes. And he's just like, peace. I'm out. Guys. I'm going to go chill on the moon so this all sorts itself out. Or the North Pole. Yeah. Which could have been the only place yes. that escaped. Yeah. It's true. The, it's impla true. the impact of the of I mean, the I'm going to have to do a little bit more research on this to make it scientifically factual. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're going to make some TikToks. We're going to do a <laughs> thorough investigation <laughs> into TikTok. And uh, it's going to be it's going to be good. I just need to figure out how to make the asteroid and maybe also a volcano. Because I feel as though like it was both the asteroid and then the volcanoes erupting. Right. You know, that's because just the asteroid doesn't make sense. Uh, it pretty much covers most of the no. places. Well, it's not like the asteroid is just hitting them. I think like maybe no, one dinosaur needs to be afraid of the asteroid and the other one look on in horror at the volcano <laughs> that's erupting. It can't be that hard to find it's, an inflatable volcano. It's it's not the imp it's not like getting if, hit by Leia, do you think the dinosaurs died because a bunch of meteorites all no. cracked them in the head? No, no. It's the environmental yeah. effect. Okay. But what if your <laughs> antenna next year is the volcano? 
that would be funny. The, but the thing we have to make sure we do is mm-hmm. that the volcano has to have a, ha- a Santa hat on it. Oh. And the meteorite has to have a Santa hat on it. Yes. <laughs> Everything has to be. Well, the rooster doesn't have a Santa hat on it. It's just holding a candy cane. Yeah, that one's a little bit in disguise. Yeah. <laughs> which that throws the whole chain of evolution off because birds came much later. There was no birds back then. That's true, well, but it is it, okay. it is like an essentially a little animals, raptor. But yeah, well, it's essentially a baby raptor. That's yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, okay. Now we're getting very anachronistic. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, if anybody has any ideas for <laughs> our our Christmas display for next year, <laughs> right? Please uh, help us build this asteroid. And maybe volcano. I guess we haven't decided yet. <laughs> I'd have to build the antenna really early then. Yeah. Well, I'd have to build. You'd so, have to build it at, at like after Thanksgiving. No, but the the problem is I'm not going to be transmitting all the time, so it's not going to be lit up. You, mm. you, it it needs to be lit up to to be a Christmas decoration and thing. What if? Also, I'm not trying to store a whole volcano in the garage. Can't we just use? poles and stuff and then and wire poles in like again this is all like only a nightmare for me so i have to i have to but what if what if the volcano what if the volcano going off is actually the red lights that you run right and and then it only erupts when you're transmitting so the volcano exists all the time but then you do red light. I'm not trying to turn this into the Coming. garage in Las Vegas where the volcano erupts. God, Josh. You're Come really... around to Saturday for the after chat. <laughs> Josh erupts in 15 second increments for FT8. Well, my friend has a Godzilla. In 15 second increments, yeah. You know. In that's his, that's in Christmas his front theme? yard. Yes. Nice. It's a Christmas display. It's Godzilla and like a bird character, like a, like a, a Zithra. What's Rodan? No. It's or is it? Does it start with an X? I don't know. It's something that Godzilla fights, and he's Japanese, so he can just own that whole thing. <laughs> he can make it whatever he wants. But what's funny is that Chung, having seen this display that. Ernie puts out every every year. Mm-hmm. He gives him an illuminated deer <laughs> for your for your front yard. <laughs> oh, you know why? Why? There's a um, there's a short, a video short. It's oh? Godzilla versus Bambi. What? You've never seen this? You're joking. No, there is. You're messing and with me. It's only no. I'm not kidding. It, I'm 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 like swearing on my life this is an actual thing Mm. it's literally i don't even know if it's five minutes and it's a hand-drawn cartoon of just Mm -hmm. like bambi's just like looking around like reaches down eats some food Mm -hmm. grass wherever looks Mm -hmm. up and it's just silent just like ambient noises i think there's maybe a little crunching of grass or whatever and then out of nowhere just a huge godzilla foot just slams down on top of bambi crushing bambi yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's a joke cartoon. It's not photorealistic or anything like that. Yeah, that's that's Godzilla versus Bambi. That's a real thing. That's a real thing. Oh, okay. Well, I that guess. is. So if he didn't catch that, that's probably what that reference is to. Oh, I should tell him. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm still trying to look up the Godzilla bird thing. I thought that was Rodan, but I think Rodan's the three-headed monster deal. Is it? Is it a three-headed monster? Maybe. Anyways. So <laughs> back to Mike. <laughs> Mike says, so that's my ham radio personal first for the week. It's and it Rodan. It is Rodan. Let me see. What? Did you see a picture of Ernie's front yard? Okay. <laughs> no, but... Can't wait till I get my general so that I'll be able to participate in some of... It's Rodan. It might be. All right. I don't know why I made up a totally different name with letters from the end of the alphabet for it, though. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. <laughs> no idea. As usual, I don't know how you draw some of the conclusions you get to. Can't wait till I get my general so that I'll be able to participate in some of the voice nets I often listen to as I'm scanning through the shortwave bands. Last week, I mentioned that a CW hotline would be fun to buy because a friend and I were both Morse ops in the U.S. Air Force in the early 90s. And you guys were commenting that it was kind of cool they were still using CW in the 90s military. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy, guys. Do I have a story for you? Mm. Not a Johnstown flood worth of info, but an interesting tale, hopefully. (laughs) This is the last email, so. Respect John, by the way. His writing managed to keep me interested for the whole journey. Oh, absolutely. He needs to do some, he needs to be doing some writing for money. Yeah, fantastic writer. This would be the Cliff Notes slash Amazon review version of a story about my experience as Morse op in the Air Force in the 90s. A boy from the desert in Yuma, Arizona, joins the Air Force, trains in Morse code in Massachusetts, gets a clearance, goes to England, where he starts copying Morse alongside Russian linguists. Wait, when, when is this? What time frame? Mm, I don't know. In the 90s? Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> alongside Russian linguists at an Air Force base with no airplanes that uh-huh. stands on the grounds of a medieval priory built in 1150 A.D., Uh which is still standing, and which was one of many secret listening posts Uh during World War II that intercepted European Morse messages and assisted a Beckley Park by the breaking of the Enigma Code. Uh, Wait, what? What park? Bletchley Park. Yeah, okay. You yeah. said like a Beckley. Yeah. The desert rat kid who had earned a novice ham license a couple of years earlier but never had time to use it was now listening to radio signals at work on a huge beyond description circular HF antenna with a diameter of nearly 440 meters, approximately 1,443 feet, that took up nearly 40 acres of real estate Ooh. and was supported by 96 towers each 120 feet tall. For years, there was nothing out there about our mission that was interesting enough to keep anyone's attention. Though if you were a Russian linguist or a quote-unquote Morse interceptor doing the collection mission back then, there were days that were nail-bitingly tense as military exercises threatened to provoke serious history-changing responses on both sides. We were the ones hearing it all happen live and reporting what we heard to the higher-ups. A couple of years ago, the NSA released a video titled The Last Elephant Cage, which I was frankly surprised to see. It is an excellent short, just under 15-minute production that details the giant elephant cage antenna itself 
and some of the more interesting parts of the Cold War mission we were doing back in the 90s, utilizing several of those antennas built in a few locations around the world. Mm -hmm. The video discusses how the military approach to that mission, which still exists, has evolved with new technology, but also discusses how and why the NSA still has a requirement, even today, for personal for personnel who can copy Morse code and how military personnel who were still involved in Morse collection at the time of this video's release were training civilians to take over that aspect of intelligence collection. What? There is so much more I could say about that job. The most ironic being that though I was technically a Morse operator and copied CW between 20 to 30 words per minute typically, and faster sometimes, every day at work from 1992 to 1995, I never once sent a single character of yeah. Morse until after I got my tech license in 2015. Yeah, The U.S. Air Force left RAF Chick Sands and retired that antenna for good back in 1995. If you do a search for The Last Elephant Cage on YouTube, you'll find that video on the National Security Agency's YouTube channel. I just Still, pulled Still, such a crazy thing that I'm they have a it. YouTube presence at all to an old timer like me. That is also surprising to me. It's like, hey, we're the NSA. Would you like some secrets? <laughs> like, we're just going to... Actually, I think if I saw an NSA YouTube channel, I would assume that it was not official. Like, just so they all have social media presences. I guess all now for recruits. For... Oh, it, they've like turned into many of the political hot button things of today. Like they've done. Um, I don't know if it was the CIA or the NSA where it was just featuring like. Uh, women, LGBT people, like talking about how they love their career at the whatever agency they're talking about. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they've, yeah. Yeah. But they're paid actors, right? No, they're, they work there, I guess. They're like declassed people? No. Wow. Okay. I can't recommend this video highly enough to introduce the idea of what we were really doing back then and how. It's short, and I promise you, you will find it very well done and interesting. You got me. I'm in for 15 minutes. But yep. if it's any longer than that. It's 14 minutes and 20 seconds. <laughs> Last thing. This morning, I listened to a podcast featuring a Ukrainian ham and shortwave radio enthusiast in Kiev created since the Russian invasion. This episode has it all. I've listened to the whole episode three times today, and each time I catch something I've missed before. It's moving. It is moving, and I don't want to give away too much, but it highlights how ham radio, CW, homebrew antennas, and shortwave listening come together to help keep a man sane, safer, and connected with family and community during these troubled and tragic times in his country. I know that if you listen to it, you might even want to listen to it again like I did. Anyway, I've said too much now. By the way, I was totally joking last week when I said sometimes I even learn something new about ham radio when I'm listening to your <laughs> show. <laughs> the truth is that you both do an amazing job of weaving factual technical learning on very topics into conversational, lighthearted, wide-ranging entertainment. And it's, utter nonsense. It's... <laughs> It's seamless, it's intelligent, and it's funny. Oh, these are 
big compliments. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much, Mike. This is why I continue to listen every week, look forward to new episodes, and go back to find old ones from before I discovered HRCC. Ah, back in the catalog. Thank you. <laughs> Happy New Year to you both, Josh and Leah, to your family and to your listeners. All the best and 73, Trucker Mike, K-E-0-F-F-T. And Mike has included attachments to the last elephant cage and the Ukrainian HSM podcast. Mm. Uh, and I will drop that in the show notes. Uh, here is a bit of a background on that. It's a man, a mouse, and a Morse key. The story of a amateur radio, I'm sorry, a, a radio amateur in Kiev as Russian invasion unfolds. When his wife and two children flee Kiev to escape the it's war. Kiev. Kiev? Mm -hmm. But it's spelled K-Y-I-V. It's not Kiev? I think it's one of those things they repurpose the name as in oh. like... It was something that was named before. I see. Kiev. I Got it. I believe okay. it's Kiev. I could be wrong. Well, if I pronounce it wrong, it's because of you. It's, it's my fault. Voldoldemir Gertoyvi, call sign US7 IGN, stays behind in their apartment with only his radios and the family hamster mouse for company. Before the war, he used to go deep into the pine forest, spinning intricate webs of treetop antennas using a fishing rod, catching signals from radio amateurs in distant countries. Prohibited by martial law from sending messages, he becomes a listener, intercepting conversations of Russian pilots and warning his neighbors to hide in shelters well before the sirens sound. Mm. After three months of silence, he begins transmitting again, switching his lawyer suit for a soldering iron. He runs a radio surgery for his friends and neighbors, dusting off old shortwave receivers and bringing them back to life. During air raids, he hides behind the thickest wall in his apartment close to his radios, their flickering amber lights opening a window to another world. A story of sending and receiving signals from within the darkness of the Kiev blackout. That's amazing. I am astounded. Thank you so much, yeah. Mike, for sharing that. Uh, the... And uh, Mike cleaned up some of the links. So thank okay. you for that, Mike. And uh, fantastic. Uh, thank you for adding to the education of this podcast. Would not have known. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Well, that was our last email. Yeah, I'm, I'm making sure that I'm... Kiev? It's not Kiev, for sure. There's multiple blogs on this. Whole Great. Thing. So anyway, if we, uh, as always, we're not trying to offend anybody. Yeah. <laughs> we're doing our best. We're doing. Our, I did my best. We're just. We're just ignorant. <laughs> we're just ignorant. Yeah. We're trying not to be willfully ignorant. <laughs> there is no will attached to yes, our ignorance. Exactly. It's just simply us not knowing at that moment mm -hmm. or knowing at one point and then forgetting which happens that's often. true that's the thing you get when you get older uh everybody thank you so much for listening we really do appreciate it thank you for taking the time out of your day hopefully these are uh just the right size by bite, bite size podcast bite enjoyment size. uh for you 
Please have a uh, wonderful rest of your week. I will be and live streaming. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I will be live streaming on Saturday, which is New Year's Eve. The Christmas light antenna has been reborn. I have fixed it. There are lights. I have tested it. It looks, hey, like some lights like you've seen in the past. I don't know exactly what happened. I don't know that it's going to perform as well as years past. I think it will perform better, but I just don't know for how long. So tune in for that. We will have a short after chat because it is New Year's Eve and there is a list of people that are going to be live streaming as well at, I believe, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, uh, which would be 9 p.m. I'm not exactly sure because that doesn't make complete sense, but that might work out because, okay, let me just continue. Kyle, AA0Z, will be doing his ham radio trivia. Nice. For New Year's. And uh, there's a playlist. I'll make sure that, you know, I get the playlist info out for at least the live stream, but you can go to his channel as well. And then for the actual countdown, if you're so inclined to do that, uh, Jason Ham Radio 2.0 will be hosting a live stream for that. Mike question as always is i generally always assume that uh jason is running on central time so (laughs) his countdown will be like 10 o'clock our time or something like that right Mm -hmm. so i don't know how this all works out schedule wise i'm sure they've all got it figured out my live stream is at the same time 5 p.m pacific standard time 7 p.m central time and uh, we will go for an hour and then we'll have a bit of an after chat but i don't want to step on kyle and i really do like the work that he puts in and it is a lot of work to do these trivia episodes so make sure you go follow that and of course go watch jason as well Mm. and then if you're on the west coast you can just wrap up a countdown with jason and then you can go have a countdown with your family or uh turn it on for your young kids and tell them it's midnight and then everybody can go to bed two hours early (laughs) which is also a, a a play that one can do Anyway, thank you all so much for listening. I will play you some wonderful, wonderful music as we wrap things up. 73, everybody. 73. Good night. Or day, morning, whenever you're listening.